You know, my goal is always to say something pithy and quippy and then to have something to kind of roll off of when we get into the main show. Got nothing here. Nothing here at all, except we're still reeling from those brackets. It's Geek Out Loud. Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you. And the truth of the matter is, is no, I had nothing quippy. Now, we have a new Discord server for Patreon supporters uh, where we've got a few little opening one-liners and stuff, but I forgot to go check that out and to take from there. Because, you know, look, I'm I'm excited about the show we've got. I do want to re- the, review the show that has been because there has been a lot of feedback come in about what took place over the course of the last couple of episodes as we as we counted down or we pitted against one another, I should say, uh, the greatest theme television show theme songs of all time. And, and I've been reminded of the ones that were left out. I've been reminded of the ones that should have won. I've been told that how frustrated people were with me, but mostly how frustrated people were. And I'm just going to be honest, everybody, mostly how frustrated people were with the chat. Uh, they were very, very much surprised and disappointed in some of the decisions the chat made and that I let I let those decisions stand. But I am nothing if not a, be- a benevolent dictator here in the uh, <laughs> in the Gulliverse. So um, we will there be more of that in the future? Yes, we've got to do cartoon theme songs. And so I'm compiling those and, and getting those brackets together. And that should be a good time as well. We do want to welcome those who are listening live at Mixler.com slash uh, Goliverse. Mixler.com slash Goliverse. Glad to have everyone live in the chat with us. Uh, we'll do a quick roll call here to see who's about. Hilbo, uh, 498, Jeff, 9979, John Custer Jr., John Phillips, 1, Lisa Cipher, Realtor Angie, Roger, NKC, Shaz Bazaar, Tintun, and all the way from Korea, uh, Riley Blanton, uh, so the the founder, producer, editor, host of the late great Star Wars report, Riley Blanton. Riley, who did some writing for um, uh, Stephen Kent recently, as he reported in from Star Wars Celebration over in London, and so uh, welcome in. It's good to see Riley around. We miss him here in the states, and hope that uh, he's doing well and safe over there. So for his sake. I will open the show as only Riley knows how to do so and say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, delete as appropriate. This is Geek Out Loud. So uh, it is good to have everyone along with us and and really appreciate you guys joining us live and appreciate those of you who have downloaded this later on. Uh, we've got a we, we've got a really big show, really big show for you as we're going to be discussing The Mandalorian. Before we do that, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash geekoutloud is where you can go. Uh, coming up at Patreon, Dave Jones and I have watched a Star Trek. We watched one of the top two greatest Star Trek movies 
of all time. I'm referring, of course, to Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, um, which is, you know, right my second favorite Star Trek film, right below Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. So um, we did we did d- discuss what trash uh, Star Wars or Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan is, and um, and among other things, as as we often do uh, with. Uh, <laughs> With, with Dave and I. So I uh, hope you'll be a part of that. And uh, we have one half of one of the hosts of some things that have been done over on the Patreon with us here today to help discuss some um, some Mandalorian. Uh, and we want to just get into this with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he is the Dothan Bureau Chief. How bizarre. Shaz Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. It's making me crazy. It's making me crazy. Time, every time, every time, every time. Every time I look around. Every time I look around. Every time I turn around. He's at my door. Shaz Bazaar, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, Mr. Shaz? I would like to be at your door. That would be a good good place to be with some Krispy Kremes. That's right. That'd be that'd be some fun Ooh, times. Yeah. Be some fun times. Or maybe some crab legs. Those are always good. Hey, I do I love have some I, in the freezer. I do have some crab legs in the freezer. And it's really <laughs> bugging me that I haven't gotten those out of the freezer lately, especially when I saw over on the uh the new Geek Out Loud Discord that is um uh, that is specific to our Patreon supporters that, um, that there was a little bit of crab leg eating going on tonight. And so some folks aren't live in the chat. Of course, it is a Friday night as we're recording this. And, you know, most people have things going on on Friday nights, Shaz, but, uh, me and you, here we are. Not most people. <laughs> <laughs> now, hopefully, hopefully we will be joined at some point by good friend of the show, Scott Rifen. We hope he's okay. Last we heard he was getting a Chick-fil-A shake. So I, I don't know. He, he might've gone deep into the well to get that shake. And that might be the problem. Well, that's over Sorry. near, you know, that's listen, just, that, that's way out of this show. I don't get that one, but you know, the Chick-fil-A there is way over near Altama Avenue and there's always all kinds of traffic and junk going on there. So Especially on How a Friday big night. Is it over there? It can't be that big. Oh man, it's what's the population down there? In, Sixty thousand in Brunswick, Georgia, on a yeah. Friday night when it's warming up like this. Man, um, I mean the population changes with the heat. Yeah, dude, tourism. Oh, I guess, but we're still in the school year. Nope, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's you Friday, got so yeah, you, you got people coming over from Hazelhurst and Baxley and all those places, you know, and. They're, they're just showing up. What's, to go. what's that place that starts with a W over there? Willacoochee. You know somebody who lives over there. Willacoochee? No, no, no. Bigger town. Waycross? That's the one. Yeah, there's Waycross you people. you have somebody over there? I do. Family down in Waycross. <laughs> Way across Georgia. So, anyway. Um, all right. Well, let's let's do this. I don't, I don't really know where to go, uh, where to begin, Chaz, uh, outside of... We want to talk Mandalorian, and I hate to get started without Scott, so I'll just ask you some other random things really quickly. I was talking to Dave Jones just last night. We were recording. Um, we watched we watched Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and he okay, let's talk Search for Spock. Well, no, no, I got other things to bring up, and then. <laughs> 
Check this out. Oh, oh wow. It's Spock in search of. In search of. Oh, great, wow. Great the 70s. Wow. I mean, you talk about a perfect. perfect are those, is that. Batch. I got that for Christmas a year ago. That was great. Are those, for my wife. are those DVDs? Like, what? what's the deal with the box? Yes. What's up with the size of the box? It's a whole box set. But a bunch of DVDs. Does each. The whole series. But I've seen whole series that don't take up a whole shelf. Um, Let's see. Oh, each one's a season of seven seasons. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe the box looked bigger than I thought it did. It looked bigger because you thought they were upright. That's right. That's They're right. Upright. You're They're exactly right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, it, that would look big like that. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Kent says, Steve missed me on the roll call. Sorry, Brian. I didn't see you on the roll call over here where I've got the uh, the the list down. But um says... Uh, says uh he was driving couldn't type sooner didn't you barbecue tonight i saw photos on instagram that's actually from last night brian um got out and fired up the old grill and uh cooked my wife some stuff and then cooked me a couple of um burgers nothing major so good times though you're gonna have to do something about that dog (laughs) why why don't you just do your uh uh vaping not vaping. You mean vamping? You, know I mean. you mean vamp? Vamp That's for you? Yeah, vamp for that. you? Vamp for me, Steve. So Shaz is going to get up and handle the dog. Now, what's amazing is Shaz has a whole new setup with his camera where you can see it, where it tracks his face. And now it's looking around for him like a sad robot. Like, where did he go? <laughs> Shaz got him walked away. And then and then the camera started looking around. I just all did just... the bad robot thing. It's a sad robot. <laughs> He just it started looking around all dejected, yeah, <laughs> feeling all abandoned. This is where it all turns on us. This is where I'll put this up there, and this is <laughs> this will be the me. This is where technology goes Little wrong. Star killer there. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> mini me. Um. Anyway, so we were talking about that. We did the we did the Star Trek three, and afterwards we were talking as we do, and somehow Battlestar got brought up. And, oh, what a great and, show. and Dave was like, should we do uh, a couple of episodes about Battlestar Galactic? I said, no, Scott and Shaz have that pinned down on Colonial Movers. And so I sent him to your podcast to listen to Colonial Movers. What did you call it? Isn't it Colonial Movers? Isn't that what you guys call it? That's what we call it. You right. call it. Battle, I call it Battle Pod Galacticast. Uh, yes, to me, it's it should be Battle Pod Galacticast. <laughs> but you guys, and I even told Dave. I said I told Shot. I told Shaz and Scott it should be Battle Pod Galacticast. And he's like, "That's a cool name." I'm like, "I know," but no, we went with Colonial Movers instead. So you guys we took a deep dive. That's not that deep, man. Colonial Movers is on every episode. Right, they're all a bunch of colonials moving. No, I mean, there's like it's like a moving van spaceship. That that's says that's what it movers that's what it sounds planet. like. Yeah, that's what Colonial Movers sounds like. Like that's what it is. Two guys, one van. That's not on every show. You're being you're being silly. Yes, it is. It's on every single episode. Now, Shaz, it goes by every single episode twice at least. Now, Shaz, come on now. Let's get real. Have you watched the show? I guess I haven't watched it that closely. Make sure you watch the uh, intro because that's where it happens twice. Rifen's wanting to know why he can't get in. Well, Rifen, because we haven't called him. Call I him. haven't called him. How do I call him? 
I'll call him. Let's see. Where's my contacts? There well, we go. I'm running. No, I'm running the show, Shaz, because I called you back up. So forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off, Shaz. Don't touch any buttons. We don't want to mess anything up. Of course, I would mess it up. I mean, listen to how bad my sound is. Right yeah. Now. All right. Let's see. It's if, terrible. So let's do this officially here, Scotland. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to welcome to the show, and it's good to have all three of us back together. You may know him as the lead man on Dinner for Geeks. You may know him as the founder and host and editor and everything else of My Star Wars Story. You may know him as the most listened to man in South Georgia radio, or you may know him or think you know him as my nemesis, but he's not. He's my hero. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Bruns- from the aforementioned Brunswick, Georgia, Scott Rifen. Hi, Steve Glosson. <laughs> I don't think you're right about anything. That's my, that's, you remember when like Bugs- Scott Rifen. Well, you know when Bugs Bunny did the Ricky doing Frankie doing... <laughs> doing Elvis. That's, yes. That's me doing Steve doing me. You sounded just like me doing you. you that was great. Like Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's funny is before we got going, we were looking. I was in the Discord over there, and someone had said, ask, or I think it was Tenton who said, get Scott to do his impersonation of me <laughs> impersonating you. So. <laughs> I didn't even know that. So right out of the gate. <laughs> yes. Scott, I got, a, I got a big question for you. Okay. Now, he said you are the most listened to man in South Georgia radio. Are you the most listened to man in coastal Georgia radio now? Oh. Do we have the numbers? Yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, if I you add so. up everything. I mean, here's here's how it came to pass in the first place. I started doing the numbers one day. And it wasn't just Glenn County. I mean, we, I knew that I, like on my show, I had the numbers for Glenn County. But I started thinking about it, and I started kind of looking around and going, you know, I was doing news on all the other stations, the stuff G-Man's doing now. And I was like, everybody who listens to me doing the news everywhere, they're hearing me. Mm. Everybody who hears me doing a commercial (laughs) is hearing me. Yeah. And I was like, so I started adding those numbers up, and I went, whoa, there are more people listening to me than anybody else in South Georgia. So. Uh, Savannah, adding Savannah to the whole thing has just been gravy. So in typical radio goob fashion, Scott took all the numbers he possibly could to bring yes. them together. Yes, gotcha. That's how, yes. But I mean, I mean, you know, we dominated Glen County. We don't dominate Savannah yet, but we held in Savannah. Hmm. And that's the important thing. We've been through one series of ratings in Savannah, and uh, what they were expecting was that, you know, new guy – their listenership will drop off at first, but I'll be able to rebuild it. And instead, what has happened is we held and didn't drop. Mm. So everybody was like pitching. They were like pitching a tent because we actually did not fall. We went, we went, we, we held. So that right, was good. right. And by, and by pitching a tent, you mean they were staking their claim on, on the land that is Scott Rifen. Of course, that's what I meant. Okay, yes. great. Good deal. Meant anything else other than that. Good deal. Now, Riley was earlier in the chat. I don't know if he's still around. Do you, have, do you have a message for Riley Blanton? I love you, Riley. Well, you're How's never that? that kind to me, Scott. Well, there's a reason for that, Steve. <laughs> See? I knew it. Well, let me tell you why, Steve. You know what? <laughs> why don't you go to Korea maybe, and serve your maybe country? If you, maybe if you invited me on the show more often. Instead of making me sit in the chat and wish I was on the show. 
It's like that Pink Floyd song, who, isn't it? Uh, Wish I was here. Who, yeah. Who do you? Who there's do you? Not, there's, there's not a, If I could be your, let me just say this: If I could be like your Ed McMahon, yeah, or or your Egg McMuffin, yeah, one, right? I would be your Ed McMahon. I would be your side. I would be on every oh. single episode of this program if I could. Well, you you, you have an open invitation. No, no, I don't. No, look, I'm like a vampire. I don't come in unless I'm asked. That's what an open invitation is. I don't know if there's such a thing as an open invitation. He's asleep when you're recording. That's true. Let's That's be real. That is. Oh, I sit in the chat. I sit in the chat, man, and I'm like, golly, this is so good. I so want to say something. Mm. Well, that's and what. And then the... I hear myself saying something. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not me. Oh, my face is hurting. Someone that's what has stolen my voice. That's what the chat is for. Scott, who do you think I am? The the, the Rule to Galaxy podcast? I can't invite well, you on every time I do a show. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I did tell them I look forward to being on each and every one of the next 200 episodes. So. Hey, I do. I want to say this for the Geek Out Loud audience. If you haven't, yes. if you haven't listened to Rule the Galaxy number 200, um, look, seek out the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. They're Star Wars podcasts. They're great guys. They do a great job. It's guys just sitting around talking Star Wars from a bunch of different angles, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. They're they're probably one of the most easygoing Star Wars podcasts out there because it, it literally is when someone brings up a differing opinion from everyone else, like nobody gets mad, no one runs off, no one storms. I'm yeah. su- I'm surprised they haven't been canceled yet. That you know, because they've got so many di- because they've got so many different opinions. Uh, that come through that show, but well, episode- you and I both have been canceled, and yet we've been on the show, and they haven't been canceled. That's right. That's right. Wait, so uh, many different opinions. Yes. So what you're saying is it's a diverse podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We always talk about viewpoint diversity. Yep. Yeah. We yeah. always yeah. talk about viewpoint They've diversity, and they actually represent it. They yeah. really do. So, but right. but on episode 200, they had just a cavalcade of people on there, and I had my time to come in. And and so I got on there, got in their quote unquote green room. They were using the StreamYard technology, so there's like a waiting area, but you can hear what's going on. So as I fired up, I hear Scott Rifen, who had sent them a message, doing this bit that went on for five or six minutes and just <laughs> just knocking it out of the park. They were laughing, they were singing along. Like Scott had them eating out of the palm of his hand, oh, and he wasn't it. even there. And so I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world am I supposed to follow this? So I come on, and I'm like, I can't follow. I, and I was literally shut down for the next 20 minutes. Oh, stop. Because I just was like, there's nothing I can do, so I'm going to come in and play this straight because Scott Rifen has completely outdone me. And then they bring in the best-looking man I've ever been on a podcast with, this this IndyCar racer guy oh, who yeah. is like, you know. and and man. And I'm so desperate for laughs. This is... I I I guess this is podcast confession right now. I was I was so desperate for laughs that this guy was talking about card collecting and stuff, and someone brought up the C three PO error card, and um, I have that card, and so I took every opportunity to find it to throw it up to the camera, and I didn't want to put it back in the notebook yet, and so I just had it sitting back next to me all night, and all I did was keep showing this error card at random times. And that's not appropriate. That's not what I should be doing. That's not the kind of humor I should resort to. No, you can resort to any. Look, if 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 an EOP can can pass gas, that's true. Icky poo, icky poo. That's right. <laughs> so I was just thinking about that today. I was thinking about Paul Lind in the Phantom Menace. 
<laughs> Peace. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then also we're sitting there and they have this dude that reads books that has read some of the novelizations and stuff for audiobooks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's on. And while he's on, Joey Marinara looks at him and says, Hey, we've got someone who likes to do voices here on the show with you. <laughs> and and I literally start going, Please don't do this to me, Joe. Please don't do this to me, Joe. Like <laughs> And Joey wasn't there, so it had to be you. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Marinara wanted me to do the whole um, "Behold the Bantha." You know the the. the <laughs> why does that guy's name escape me now? The Planet Earth guy, but yeah, um, Attenborough. Right? Attenborough, yeah, Attenborough, yeah. He wanted me to do the whole Attenborough thing, and I'm like, I can't. What are you? What are you crazy? You're. This is a professional that you have me in front of. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> And he said, so, dance, monkey, dance. Yeah, it was probably it was probably one of the worst podcast appearances I've ever done in my entire I life. I don't believe it. I haven't oh. gone back and listened to all of it because it's it's three hours. It is. It but, is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll just say this. Uh, the latest episode came out today for them. It is number 202. And uh, there's a reason why there are two number twos in there. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. I sent them a note. I sent them a note on Twitter today and said, uh, that episode really wiped me out. So... Oh my gosh! It's, uh, it's, <laughs> wow, it's, there's an extensive conversation about wiping yourself with the pun uh, at the beginning. Of oh the no! Um, so, yeah. I also were you on the Deuce cast for the Deuces, Scott? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I didn't sing on the Deuces though. I didn't. Well, I they told me just be Steve. Here's what you got to do: just be Steve. Yeah. Just have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, they they edited you. Oh, heavily, yeah. heavily edited me. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yes, because I took my campaign to Twitter over that and released the gloss and cut. I was on your side. I, I found myself trying to get into a Gary Busey impersonation on the fly. And, you know, you, you can't just do everyone. You need to know you can't just do impersonations on the fly and get them well, oh. you know. And so but, yeah, I was like. Deucey stands for, you know, because he's got, he's very toothy, but he also has a bit of a southern draw and he's a little bit raspy, yep. but yep. yeah. So, anyhow, well, guys. Oh, I thought you were going to do it. Well, no, I don't know that I can. I, I, you can't uh, just do this on the fly, Scott. Did no, you just hey, attention? Well, because I tried. heard rule of radio? I tried. Yeah. <laughs> no, I heard it. <laughs> I try to do, uh, I, I, I end up slipping into Get Nick Nolte. Yeah, I, I start slipping in it's too much. I start slipping too much into Nick Nolte, you know, like well, you're the Bruce. I, you're my Bruce. You're my Bruce. You know that kind of thing Oof. from from Hulk. And when I listen, it doesn't get any better than Nick Nolte doing his rant uh, on at the end of Ang Lee's Hulk, where he's like, "Do you think they care about you or me or humanity?" And it's just like, wow, he just goes for it. He just decides, I'm going to chew every bit of scenery in this place up. He's Nick Nolte. Yes. Yes, he is. That's what he's there for. All he, he has spoken. All he say, I have spoken. Yeah, <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah. I have, I have to tell you this, and I'm, and I'm, not, I'm going to speak out of turn, which some of my friends hate it when I speak out of turn on the, uh, on the podcast. But I have a friend who up until recently believed that Nick Nolte was actually in the quill suit. No. Well, it looks yes, like him. Yes. And, and no. Well, and I maybe that's it. And I just and I kept thinking, what is he like dwarf? Yeah. Really on, the, him on his knees. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, it, it could be worse. It could be what they did. 
I mean, they could have made him do that little baby Yoda walk from the series finale here, or the season oh. finale, where it's like, that was... I don't know what you call that little walk that he was doing, but it was kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the, bless his the, heart. The walk around the light picture? No, when, when he's walking into the... Um, when they're walking into the barracks bar or whatever to, because Mando goes to say, at the end. Oh, yeah, oh, the very end. Yes, yeah. At the yeah. End. Yeah. And he's kind he's of doing got a little swag to him. Yeah. Well, it's, he's got a little barely touching the ground and feet just moving a little too fast that don't really go along with the rest of the body. Well, he's, kind got, of thing. he's got a puppet thing going. Yeah, exactly. He's got you a puppet thing going. For that. I do have you respect know, probably, for that. I probably didn't notice it. As right you know, there. as you know, that's one of my conditions that I have. I have puppet blindness. Oh yeah. So, you can't when you reach for something you just barely find it. Well no, that's well that's their puppet nearsightedness. That's, <laughs> that's true. The they puppets. have that. Uh but I actually have like puppet blindness. I can see a puppet and not know he's a puppet. Oh really? So this that yeah, there was a there was a show on PBS years ago called Vegetable Soup. Wow. Yeah. And do you remember this, Jazz? Yes. Okay. Not and necessarily there was, this episode, but yes, I remember the show. It's, was there something about puppet blindness, yeah. or are you just talking about the puppets? Well, no. Veg on vegetable soup, there was a uh, there was a segment of the show where these kids We're gonna build do a spaceship in their We're backyard. You know, the movie Explorers. It's kind of the same thing. Hold on. We need <laughs> this. The whole idea of pu the term puppet blindness has gotten thrown around, and I know what you mean, but. It's almost like we need to do a marathon now to raise money to fight puppet blindness. <laughs> no, this is this was a running gag on Dinner for Geeks. We talk about my puppet blindness because there'd be there, I would see a thing and oh that was a puppet. Oh, I didn't know. Um, but yeah, when I, when I was a kid, I watched this. I forget what it was like, Outer Scope or something like that, where they built a spaceship in their backyard and went traveling all over the cosmos. These little kids and. Years later, I rewatched and I went, they were puppets? They were all, all the kids were puppets? And I had no idea. So. I'm pulling up. Oh my gosh, Scott. Not only are they puppets, <laughs> they are freaky puppets. <laughs> they're not good puppets. They got plastic faces and big old meaty hands. Like they're kids <laughs> with like grown up size <laughs> hands and their little mouths. Oh my gosh. Like this is a horror. This is a horrifying show. <laughs> Good night. Well, wait a second. You know, this is this is also the generation that that was so much into. Uh, uh, come on, the marionettes. Th oh, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Yeah, no, no, no. That was part of the puppet blindness. When I started watching Thunderbirds for the first time, it took me. I probably watched that one that was shown on HBO. It was like twenty thirty two or whatever it was. I probably watched that three times before I figured out they were puppets. Scott, you a lie. No, I'm not. Come on now. I'm telling you. You're better than that. I was. <laughs> you are. You are better than that. Come on when now. When I was when I was a little kid, I did not. It took me a long time to realize the the Thunderbirds were puppets. Oh, that's wild. And and I remember it dawned on me as I was watching. I was like, wait a minute. It was like probably the third time I was watching it on HBO. I was like, you know what? Those guys are puppets. Oh my gosh! Like Scott, that makes me feel so much better about myself. Right. I hold you in such high esteem, and I know you were well, a child, but I was going to say this is very small me. <laughs> I get that, but still, but here's the here's the thing, Stephen. Here's here's why I think it's okay. I wanted to believe. So yeah, I that believe. doesn't make it okay. Even I knew that the Incredible Hulk was just a man in makeup. Like I understood I the Incredible Hulk was a man in makeup. 
I knew Ultraman was a guy in a suit. Mm. But the puppets are what got me. It was always the puppets, Steve. Wow. Always the puppets. Listen, the fact that these the curious, fact that, did you think Darth Vader was a was a human or a or a robot? Darth Vader's and not the a puppet. They're not I thought no, they were I'm people. Saying, I mean, no, I thought they were people. No, I mean, you really thought there were people? No, yeah, when when we had that argument on the playground, yes, I thought there were people. Yeah, I thought stormtroopers were robots. I couldn't figure out how they got the out, outer casing of the robots on them. Oh, you mean you, you mean in the me. movie? Yeah. No, we have those yeah, arguments yeah. on the playground, and I believed they were people. I, I would always get mad at people for saying they weren't people. Well, speaking of stormtroopers and uh, and puppet blindness and puppets running their little puppet feet off, uh, we, we want to get together to talk about The Mandalorian. I'll, I'll confess to you guys, and I, I mentioned something to Shaz like this before we got going. I... I have a hard time anymore, like especially with shows like this, saying, well, let's do a reaction show every episode. I mean, God bless the RFR guys for being able to do mm. it because it's just not its not in my capability to really think too much. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride, and I like being taken along for the trip and everything, and I like hearing what other people have to say about it. But to me, I'm kind of like, now that the season is over, I want to look at it as a whole and kind of discuss the fullness of what went on and 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 what how we feel about it what we think about it from the from the standpoint of OG Star Wars fans you know and and kind of being who we are and and knowing you know I, we've talked a little bit episode to episode but now to kind of have the full scope of this season from that baptismal scene at the beginning of the season to the baptismal scene at the very end of the season you know and everything that went on in between this is this has received a lot of this whole season has received a lot of mixed reviews from folks and everything. So I'm just interested to kind of know where you guys stand, um, Rifen. What wh where? Just as a whole kind of overall thought before we get into some of the specifics and everything. How did you feel about season three of Mandalorian? I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna be proud. I'm gonna say it. There were so many things that happened during this season of Mandalorian that were the things we would try to play. You know, when you try to play Star Wars, you don't try to recreate the scenes. Mm -hmm. You come up with your own stuff and storylines and little neat little things. There were so many things that we would play when I was a kid, when we played Star Wars, that happened there. And I loved, there was a certain Goodwin Infantino thing going on that I loved. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we thought about these flying Mandos versus flying Stormtroopers when we were a kid, because that's kind of the original premise was the, you know, the, the original premise of Boba Fett was he was an army of stormtroopers that had jetpacks and all that other stuff. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, when we were kids, we had that, that we played, um, you know, you, Jeff had the, the Baron Carza three and three quarter micronaut. What do you do? You work him in. We, we worked a Baron Carza micronaut three and three quarter figure into this thing in, in the season finale. Um, you know, there were space pirates who doesn't love space pirates. Um, so th there was just so much in the season to me that was what we played when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I just, I was on the hook. I'm a sucker for that stuff. It, it honestly, it's the same goodwill I had toward the, the, the ending of the book of Boba Fett. You know, when you have Boba Fett mm. come riding in on a Rancor, I'm like, I, yes. I can't not like this, you know, because of yes. these things. Now I want to clarify something for everyone, for, for those who may be confused by what you had to say. Goodwin Infantino, you're referring to the Marvel comics duo, um, from back in the seventies and eighties, of course. And what Archie was Goodwin and Carmine Infantino. Yes. The, and that's what was put on the page, um, for Marvel comics 
after the original adaptation and and there was so much that went on beyond just the film adaptations and stuff and, yeah and uh and and they really leaned heavy into the adventure space you know western like they really played around they did a lot almost in the vein that Filoni would do with Clone Wars where they're like you have pirates you have you know a gambling ring you have all these different things that could be from just about any genre but they put them into Star Wars it reminded me a lot of the wheel plot line. The <laughs> of Marvel course things. it did. Yeah, there you go. There, I was, that's what I was trying to get to. That's what I was trying to get to. Shaz. No, no, no but, but hang on, hang on. Uh, no, but Goodman, 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 excuse me, Goodwin and Infantino were kind of that round around <laughs> issue 11 or 12 up until about the Empire Strikes Back. It was right. Them. Yeah. And so, so a lot of that play was kind of, it was kind of modeled after that. And yeah. when you see Jack Black and his character show up in the episode they show up in, he looks like a Carmine Infantino. He's got that visual. You know, Infantino had a very distinct style. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people don't like it. I didn't like it when I was a kid because it didn't look exactly like the characters. But I realize now that the guy was just a masterful storyteller. And this mm -hmm. is the style in which he told the story. Yeah. And so I love it now. But when you look at Jack Black's character, he is a guy from... A Carmine Infantino character, a Carmine Infantino comic. Sorry, mm -hmm. Shaz, let me step on you. Shaz, your thoughts overall about uh, about this season, real quick, and we'll get into some specifics moving forward. Big picture, I, I thought the the season had a great story to tell. Yeah, minuscule I issues, just like in the Clone Wars. You know, sometimes there was something that didn't do it mm -hmm. for me, but I'm listening to the whole story before I make a decision. Jack Black looked like something from the comics right mm -hmm. but jack black is pretty much jack black and everything he does <laughs> which he makes is. me think this um john favreau early on before i think before the first mandalorian even came out he talked about he would like to do a new star wars holiday special hmm. he genuinely loves the star wars holiday special star wars holiday special was marked by cameos from comedians so is he making a Star Wars holiday special on certain episodes of The Mandalorian? Yes. And I didn't know who Lizzo was in the first place. I just thought she was a bad actress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I knew she was the one that played the glass flute. That's what I knew about her. I don't know what that is either. It's a flute there, made of glass. Is that a yeah. Mozart piece or something? No, no, no. It was an, an actual historic. It was like, uh, like Alexander Smurfs Hamilton's flute, flute or somebody. Yeah, it's an actual flute. flute. Yeah, no, it's a it's an actual flute, you know, but that she she was she played it. I I don't know much about it or her either, but and I guess that's what I want to do before we get into kind of the the good things, the meat, the meat of it all. We're really no, let's was, get into the meat it was of it James all. James Madison's. It was James Madison's flute that she played, and it was glass. It was glass. Um, yeah. but I, I what I do want to talk about are some of the things that people apparently took umbrage with, took issues with over this over the course of this season. I have an idea that one of the problems overall, overall that came out of the end that people kind of had, and, and I don't want to sound like a, like a Last Jedi apologist, but I feel like people had built up their hopes and expectations for, you know, the reveal of Thrawn or some other big reveal, and when that didn't necessarily happen, they thought they were kind of, you know, gypped because of it. I, I disagree with that take on everything, but I wonder if that might have been the case. But there are some 
some things that are kind of considered low moments in in this episode in this season and and I kind of want to come to each of them little bit by little bit and talk about them first of all I guess would be the pirate king you know or whatever his name oh, was oh, oh, oh. let me derail you please on do podcast Mr. <laughs> derailer go for um, it uh, it, you know, here's the thing. before we get to the lows, let's talk about the highs. We expected it would take the entire season for him to get to the minds of Mandalore. Oh, he yep, is there yep. in two episodes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, now let's yeah. open our minds to the next story that we're going right. to be following for the rest yeah, we of this thought thing. That, yeah, we thought well, that was the finale. Yeah, the reason the reason I'm doing the, the negatives first, Shaz, is because that... that so we can le- get them out of the way. Yeah, so we can get right into the good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll allow you to do that. Thank, oh, thank show. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> but I guess like I say, one of the first things was the the whole the pirate situation. We had space pirates, and that brought about an expectation to see I guess Hondo maybe show up. Uh, they have not called yet. And they haven't called Shaz. Happen, I imagine. That's right. Um and I think that uh th- there was also kind of a a pushback against the look, maybe, of, of some of these pirates. Um, there was. Well, particularly, I guess, the Pirate King. Is that what? I don't know what his name is. I can't remember his name. I don't remember either. But I'll, I'll, I'll try to find out Green here. Java? Green Java. Green Java. He looked like, uh, I mean, he looked like Swamp Thing to me. Yes. He looked well, like a Bernie Wrightson Swamp Thing with a little glitter to him. I thought he looked like something straight out of the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I loved it. I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I have no problem with it. It's different from the other stuff. It's not Earth Tony like so many of their uh, other aliens. But, I mean, shouldn't we have a variety of aliens? I mean, isn't this the diversity era? Well, yeah, but oh. right. But not only that, it's just it's the same thing. It, I got the same feeling that I got when I see him that I got when I saw that thing pop up out of the water in Solo at the beginning of Solo, whatever her name was. I was like, well, this big worm, big worm. Yeah. Big perm, <laughs> big worm. Um, I, I feel like it's something straight out of that era of filmmaking, the eighties, you know, where they were, where all of this technology for, you know, mask work and, and, and the motion stuff that would go on in these things. And I, this just seems like such a natural evolution to that. And it, and it, if you're not going to have that in Star Wars, then where are you going to have it? You know, where, where are you going to have the the great creature shop creatures if you're not going to do it in a in a Star Wars franchise? And so, mm-hmm. I I like the look of him a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I like, like his acting. I like his great scream as he goes to his despair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sure, I like his little Ugg, not Shmi, <laughs> or not Shmi. Oh yeah, Shmi. Uh, yeah, yeah, Shmi. Is that the guy's name from Peter Pan? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Shmi. Yes. Yeah, help me, Mr. Shmi. I mean, he he looks like him in everything. You know, he's dressed the yeah. same way, and also, yeah. Um, you had a Trandoshan in that whole crowd of 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 people. Like there was just a great look. Their original trilogy villain or aliens, I should say, and and I'm always glad to see original trilogy aliens. Well, and that was a beef that a lot of people had with the sequel trilogy was the aliens didn't look great. And there were like no OT aliens. Like you couldn't get a Rodian in here. You couldn't get, you know, a hammerhead or walrus man or something in there. Right. And the they well, we kick off didn't the have season with the Rodian. Yeah. Yep. So no, I was, I was, uh, I, I liked the creature design. I like that yeah, stuff. I did too. 
the other <clears throat> one of the other complaints or, or criticisms people had was um, the episode uh, where it mostly took place on Coruscant um, with with the Imperial stuff. And I think this leans heavier into some other big ideas and everything uh, that are going on in this show, in this in in this series that are that they're letting us in on. But this was one of the longer episodes, episode three of the season. It was chapter 19, The Convert. And we spend a lot of time on Coruscant uh, with these Imperial converts, and a lot, I mean, for lack of a better word, who are being conditioned, reconditioned. And re-education um, re- they're going to be sold at a discount after they're reconditioned, too. That's, that's the bad part. <laughs> right. So, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so. They are, yeah, they're going through all these re-education camps and everything, and and it's just a really kind of long, drawn-out episode that, to me, presents some fundamental issues about what has taken place after the original trilogy, but also, I feel like there was a better way to tell this story. Scott? Uh, I got a lot to say about this episode. Right. It, it was the most conflicting episode for me because as I'm watching it, I'm going, my God, this is brilliant science fiction. And then I start going, but it's not Star Wars. Right. And that's right. a, that's a huge, game. it's a huge, yeah, it's a huge problem for me. I, I will say this. They could have made the episode go down better with a lot of people instead of having Mando bookend it. Right. Intercut throughout the episode. You have plenty of opportunities where you have story breaks where you can say, hey, let's throw some another scene of what Mando's doing in here. And then we'll throw another scene of what Mando's got going on here. And then we, you know, and and intercut those stories so that you're not stuck with that Coruscant story throughout. Uh, <clears throat> well, part of my problem... Oh, go ahead. Well, let me, let me present this to you. Like, this is the third episode. I know we've only had two episodes to this point, and that's him going down into the mines, like Shaz mentioned. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in those first two episodes. But could we not have drugged this story out and put it as, you know, some little key moments to Sprinkle cut away from? Here. Yeah, like to, to yeah. cut between scenes or acts in each other thing so that you're building this thing like, what is going yeah. on here? And I think it would have built the tension. I think mm-hmm. I, I don't think the goodwill would have been lost towards some of these characters. I think, it, you know, it gave no, it, it could have. It, it could have actually asked a few questions. Well, what are we doing here? What's going right. on here? But I also think it would have given us time to process and decide, do we like slash trust these characters? So that when she, at the end of that episode, cranks his brain burning up, you know, to 11, you're like, what on earth just happened here? We trusted her, you know. I, but this thing, because it was all done in one, really felt like it was too much crammed in there. Mm-hmm. And it was jarring. And like you said, we start with Mando, we end with Mando. And everything that happens in between is like, oh, this, that was really the episode. It's almost like they begrudgingly started and ended with Mando, you know, with this episode because they wanted to make sure we got all this stuff. Obligatory Mando adventure. Right. And I feel like this stuff could have been peppered throughout so that Mm -hmm. when you get to even the end where she says, where she contacts Gideon and, you know, and here we go, you're, it's like you've been with them all through the season and you're wondering what the end game is and there it is. It's delivered so, to you. So you're not you're not even just suggesting sprinkle a little in one and sprinkle a little in two and then do the rest of it in three. You're saying sprinkle a little bit of it along and along throughout as, the whole as season. Long, yeah, as long as it takes, you know. And that's that's not a bad idea. I actually like that. And it, it gives you that story. It spreads it out throughout the thing. There's there are plenty of breaks where you could spend four or five minutes an episode there. Right. 
and uh, and then by the season finale, you go, oh, there she is, and she's got man, you know, she's got uh, Gideon. She's setting him off on his thing. Um, one of the other things that bothers me about this this whole thing, and again, why it just it, it really was an episode that conflicted me a lot because again, I I love the premise of these these guys who are pure of heart who are overthrowing an empire, and the second they overthrow it, they basically become that empire. Uh, again, why I can't buy it as Star Wars because my good guys need to be good and my bad guys need to be bad. And when my good guys win over the bad guys, there needs to be good that follows. Uh, and in right. this, you're saying within five years, we're we're reeducating. You know, we're brain wiping people. Um, and I have a I have a real problem with that within Star Wars. In science fiction, I think it's neat. You know, uh, Adam Bray and I have been kind of chatting about this along and along over time, uh, and and. There, there's always this Vietnam allegory that's made about Star Wars. Well, you know, George Lucas did this because of Vietnam. This is really just supposed to be Vietnam and Vader's Nixon and blah, blah, blah. And Adam Bray one day said on Twitter, he said, you know, look, you guys who are pursuing this, this Vietnam allegory, understand what happened. If you follow that through to its logical conclusion and the rebels are the, the Viet Cong, then what happens when the rebels win Right after that, what happens? Terrible things happen in Vietnam after the rebels win. Do you really want to take that analogy to its conclusion? Do you really want to take that analogy, you know, completely and wholly? And that's almost what we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah. In Mandalorian, it's it's like okay, they they've got the Vietnam allegory. They're going okay, we're going to follow this Vietnam allegory all the way through to its conclusion. Which that to me then that begs the question: Are do you feel like we're dealing with writers and producers who buy into that aspect of the original intent of Star Wars? You know, I, it, it's hard, for, and I think Shaz probably got something to say on this, but I, it's it's hard for me to separate what I what I feel like from what I feel like they feel like. Right. No, um, I get it. Yeah. You know, in my mind, there's a, and I've talked about this a lot, and I've had to talk about this a lot in the last four or five years. Uh, in my mind, there's a very big difference between allegory and inspiration. Mm -hmm. Something gives you an idea and you come up with something that is somewhat related to it and somewhat inspired by it. Whereas an allegory, you're kind of directly trying to translate that into another uh, medium or, you know, into another type of story. Um, and, and I've always felt like the Vietnam thing was inspiration and not direct allegory. Um, but and, and I don't know if that's where they're going, but it sure looks like it. I don't know if it was even inspiration, Vietnam, or, or, or certainly not allegory. Um, Vietnam and, and all the problems that were going on in the 70s inspired Lucas to want to make something that was hopeful. Right, good yes. guys are good. Bad guys are bad. Yes. And so it was in direct opposition to what was going on rather mm -hmm. than let's talk about society through Space, not space opera, science fiction, which is what you're saying. It's good science fiction. Um, yes. it, and, and while this is reality, the big pictures, the numbered pictures, the Skywalker saga, they were about the big hope, yes. the good. Yes. Even in the Clone Wars, we saw some chinks in the armor of the Jedi. And so I can accept some chinks in the armor here. But in the Clone Wars, it was masterfully done. You would have a hint of it here. You would have a hint of it there, a hint of it somewhere else. So I think, Scott, you got a good idea. Or maybe it was Steve, whoever. Sprinkle it out. Little mm -hmm. tiny tidbits. 
throughout a couple seasons because it then you could see some some issues i mean because we know in the real world now star wars is not the real world it's supposed to be an archetype it's supposed to be better and bigger everything is magnified i mean there's a great series by stephen lawhead that talks about archetypes and and what they're for Mm -hmm. one day there will be a podcast about those books (laughs) but uh, maybe maybe one day there will be movies on those books wouldn't that be great um well but there won't well the daily wire is actually doing a television show the pendragon cycle Oh. That's Pendragon. I'm, I'm, I want the Song of Albion. But I got still. you. I Pendragon cycle is really good. I'm Not denying you. it. Good writer. But it, it, you could have some of this stuff, but not all of it at once. And, and in real life, yeah, you're going to have problems because even though the rebels have won, the same people are in the capital. And, and it's that guy, you know, whenever uh, um, Itchy Ear leaves. What's his name? The guy who just mind played. Pershing. Oh, oh Dr. Oh. Pershing. Yeah. Pershing. Pershing. Um, I can't remember people's names. That's how sad I, I, I've gotten old or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm with you. Well, you're, you, you're definitely old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as, as, as all this is going on, you know, you, you hear those people talking, well, empire, rebellion, republic, it doesn't matter to me. We're still here and we're rich. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, the guy who's had the stutter problem in one of the movies. Um, oh, like DJ. Empire oh, DJ. Yeah, yeah, DJ. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the same same message. Everybody's bad. Yeah. But that's not Star Wars. That's not no. in the big picture. You know, and, and if we see it in Star Wars, we should see a resolution at some point. And that's what we're hoping for. Yes. And it may build there. It may build to that. So I, th- I think we just haven't heard the whole story that's being told yet. And maybe, maybe. And uh, and look, I'm on board with it because I, I found it fascinating. I think it's a wonderful topic to discuss. I just, I, I just, I guess I'm disappointed because I invested so much in the original trilogy. That was my childhood. And to say within five years, it is this utterly corrupt that there is state-sponsored uh, re-education camps going on within the heart of the of uh, the Republic. It it makes it removes me from Star Wars for a little bit. Well, it's like, well, who's running things now? You know, if yeah, because because you have because I do have a hard time believing that Leia and Mon Mothma would let this kind of stuff go on. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but I mean, they've got these these housing complexes, and they've got the you know the the reeducation thing, and they've got the jobs for them, and I mean, it's 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 clearly part of the state. It's clearly right a, a product of the state. So, what's the you know why is this happening? Why did it happen so quickly? Um, again, Vietnam. That's exactly what happened. Right. So, if you're going to take that allegory forward, then it's the right it's the right story call. I just don't. I'm just, I'm not, I don't buy into that allegory is part of my problem there. Well, that, and that's my thing is I don't necessarily buy in that allegory either. It's like what Shaz said. This was so, the good guys were the good guys. The bad guys were the bad guys. It was, Star Wars was meant to be a mythology for the modern American, really child, you know, that like, look, this is evil and this is good. And this is how good triumphs over evil. And, um, and I think that follows through right into the prequel trilogy as well. You know, this is evil and this is how, evil can overcome good if you're not on alert if you're not 
standing guard, you know, and you, it, the Jedi did not stand guard the way they should have. They, they, they no. let their guard down. Um, and they got too wrapped up in their, in their dogma rather than their devotion. Yes. And I, I think that when you, when you look at this situation of these re-education situations and the housing and everything they're doing to me, I'm like you. It also makes it too much science fiction. It really is like, well, hey, Andor had this going on. This is a little bit. Of, we got those Andor sets. Yes. Let's throw this in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I said this of Andor. I feel like Andor was someone else's science fiction story. They said, hey, we can slap Star Wars onto this and make it work. Yes. And, yes. and uh, Andor Andor is very well done. But you do sit back and go, but is this really Star Wars? Right. And that brings me to, you know, this, and, and we were asked a question and, and I, I don't know if it was in the discord or not, but someone had said, uh, you know, they, and they, they called you and I both out, Scott, they said, I've heard you say that, you know, this feels like playing with star Wars toys. And, and they asked the question, is that a good thing? You know, and, and, and if I can Depends find on who's playing, <laughs> right, right. You know, when, and, when is it not a good thing? Well, and that's kind of my thing. It's like, I don't, I don't Let me, I'm going to try to find it here and see who actually said it and what the question, how the question was framed. Cause I don't want to misrepresent somebody and in, in what their point was. That's good. You're very, you're a very kind man for doing it that way. So um, it's, it's okay. Never mind. You know what? I don't care if I misrepresent him or not. Cause it's Michael Hynep. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says he says i have an honest question to try and determine the context of the comment i often see you both make about a show making you feel like you're playing with star wars toys again is that a good thing i'm just struggling here yes. because i watched one of the best season finales of any show i've ever watched in 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 picard season finale and it makes me upset about how horrible mandalorian was it felt like Favreau was making that show for small children when he definitely knows that it is not the audience. I just feel like we deserve so much better than we got. Star Trek is dominating Star Wars right now, and it's a major concern. And then he goes on to say, he says, all this, of course, is hyperbole because entertainment doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but just to accept where we are with Star Wars as a status quo, seems like we gave up on how good we all know Star Wars can be. It's like, it's like Damon Lindelof recently said, if it can't be great, it shouldn't exist. Let me let me let me take apart one little tiny piece of that at first, which is the whole Star Trek is dominating Star Wars right now. Literally, this is the first season of Picard where I've heard people say good things about right, it. Right, right. So it's not like Star Trek is on some gigantic roll. They just happen to have a good season of Picard. Everything else has been canceled pretty much, hasn't it? Um, Couldn't tell you. Well, except Strange New Worlds is still around, I guess. But Picard's done. The Discovery's done. Uh, I wouldn't say Star Trek is dominating Star Wars. I just think apparently Picard was put together pretty well. And one day I'll probably watch it. I've seen, I've seen YouTube clips of what everyone's talking about here and there, you know, and to me, what it seems like that Star Trek, the next generation or what Picard did was they got all the characters from Star Trek, the next generation back and let them have an adventure together. And Star Wars did not do Star Trek toys. Right, like you're playing with your old Palatoy Star Trek toys, yes. Um, Palatoy? What is Playmates. It? Playmates, Star Trek toys, yes, sorry. Yeah. Um, Palatoy is the Canadian Star Wars stuff, isn't it? And British. And British. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I look, I don't know. I, I feel like when I say that, when I make comments like that, I'm talking about the the sheer action and adventure and the and, and the... Star Wars at its best, because I, I'll tell you this, I remember 
um, when I first heard the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack back in the day, um, one of my favorite things through the prequel era, and I listen, I know everyone's like, well, Qui-Gon's funeral was, you know, spoiled on the thing. Who cares? Um, one of my Qui-Gon's favorite noble end. Right. One of my favorite things to do was to grab those soundtracks as soon as I could and put them in and listen through and listen to the music. And, and when I put in the revenge of the Sith CD for the first time, I was driving down the road. I just picked it up at Walmart. I immediately pulled it out. I put it in my car as I'm driving down the road. I get through the, um, through, through the main title, of course, and it doesn't do the drums that actually are there in the movie, but it goes right into that. Right. It go well. It goes yeah. into like the yeah, and, and then the force theme kind of swells up in there. You know, the four. I call it the war force theme because it's so just militaristic and everything. Marshall. And yeah. as I'm listening to that, I'm like, I've got to get home and pull out my toys because I just need mm-hmm. to see fighters going after one another. And to me, that what that did for me was give me such a an, an a, a surge of enjoyment as to you just feel it. You know, it's one of those things that's like you feel. And to me, feeling Star Wars, I equate with, well, now I've got to get the toys out and, you know, set them up and do this because that's like it, it because it, it's that kind of inspiration. And that's where I can't write. I can't draw. I can barely talk, you know, and I can't make music. So, but what can I do? I can take Star Wars action figures and I can make a diorama a little bit. I can, do some fun things. I can take some pictures and post on Instagram. And if I get that feeling from these things, then what it tells me is I'm enjoying this. This is what I, this is everything I want it to be. And, um, and, and that's good stuff. Now, if I'm sitting there with star Wars and I'm not considering the other thing it makes me do is there are times when star Wars makes me think about the spirituality of it all, the morality of it all, but in big, in big strokes, in big, you know, uh, almost timeless strokes. Yeah, almost black and white ways. Yes. Um, if I'm sitting there watching a show and I'm like, now, what is actually happening here? What's going on in this prison? Why? Why does the? Why does this feel like something from you know, some other science fiction show? Why does this feel like, you know, I? And that's kind of what happens with the Coruscant episode. And and again with Andor, it it was just moving at such a pace, and I'm like, this honestly, it's what I don't like about science fiction. It is the it, it's the thing that I think most people do like about science fiction. It is the minutia and the 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 technicality behind it all. You know, even the politics of the prequels were not so broken down that it got overly boring. You know. Right. You, my favorite thing is that all the allegory guys insist that, oh, you know, the, the message of the prequels, it was really an allegory about uh, 9-11 and the uh, security state. And it's like um, one of those movies 9/11 was written and was made. 9-11 was in 1999? No, that's the thing. <laughs> one of those movies was – and well, in episode two came out after 9-11, but it's six months or eight months after 9-11. It, it, the movie had been shot. You know, right. the, movie was, the movie was being worked on in post – at that point. Right. Uh, so really there's only one film after that, but you always see people who well, you know, the allegory of that is the danger of the security state, uh, in a post nine 11 no. world. And I see that all the time, but, but let me, let me go back to the, the notion of 
toys and and what is the big deal about toys and, and is that a good thing? When we were kids and we would play with our Star Wars toys, the best question that was ever asked was, you know what would be really cool? Mm-hmm. Yes. That was the best question. Yep. And that would always lead to the best things. Oh, what? Well, what about this? What if we had a, you know, why don't you bring your stormtroopers? I've got three stormtroopers. you got three or four stormtroopers. Why don't we bring them all together? We'll put them all together. What if they could fly? What if all of them could fly? What they fly now? And uh, <laughs> what if we had them all fly? And the, and they've been the flying fans. since 1978 when we had the toys. Yes. <laughs> they and fly they, now? They, would, they fly. So, you know, and we would do these things. And, and that's the sense that I get on a lot of this Mandalorian stuff. Um, the the uh, After the Jack Black episode and Lizzo, and I know you're going to get to that, um, I listened to the Blast Points podcast. And those guys were just, they were giddy. They were like little kindergartners showing up the next day after having first seen Star Wars. Mm. And it just, it, it, that was that feeling, you know, that was that thing. I was like, these guys, they, they've just captured that thing that I felt like, um, you know, the show this season felt like a lot of, Hey, you know what else would be really cool? What if we did this? And that's the playing with the toys aspect of it for me. And I think, I think if you're doing a television show that works to an extent, um, you you don't want to go too yeah. far down that path because it's like no. Shaz says, Favreau's always wanted to do a, a new Star Wars holiday special. And I think if he pushes too far, you end up with some things. It's like, what if we did this? Well, what if you didn't? You know, I do think there yeah. are moments where you have to do it that way. Um, well, didn't he at the end of Rebels have singing and stuff in space? No, you had the whole, uh, you had the droid. Had a musical number or something? Well, the, there was a droid that got jettisoned into space, and he's oh, like... Oh, yes, there was. He started yeah. to kind of swell up into song almost, and then he got picked up. So it was, it was played for laughs. Um, but, you know, that's the thing, too. I was fun. thinking about this. I don't need to. I don't need to cry in every season finale. Right. Right. I don't need to get worked up with a well of emotions. When I was a kid, that's not, that wasn't Star Wars. Crying right. wasn't Star Wars to me. Well, and listen, there was there's uh, there's been singing in Star Wars since Return of the Jedi, at least, you know. Yeah. Oh, since the holiday special. Oh, yes. since the holiday. Celebrate. I'm sorry. The brave. Yes. <laughs> a day of peace. Oh God, make it a stop. Moni. Mm, well, mm-hmm. but I'm saying at least since you know Lopty Neck and Yub Nub, there's been. Now, what is Lopty Neck? That is, um, that's what Cy Snoodles well, was th- sees, what? singing. That's what Cy Snoodles was singing in the original Throne Room. Uh, you mean scene. Jabba Ro- Jedi Rocks? No, 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 no. I'm talking well, about. Yeah. I'm talking about. I'm. I'm sorry, Scott. No, no, Scott. No, you're Scott. You're you're under the special edition effect. It's kind of like the men. Wait, what? Yeah. What? What? Oh. What? Wait. Oh. Thank you, Steve. You snapped me out of it. Yeah. It, the special ed- for a minute there, I thought it didn't exist anymore. I'm thank you. Right. The special edition oh. effect is kind of like the Mandela effect, only it's just, it's Star Wars specific. Yeah. Well, if you ask George, that's how it is. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, literally what about my, had a what guy are you saying about my about neck today. Yeah. <laughs> guy said, "Oh, but do you do, do you have the Star Wars before the special edition?" So I was like. Dude, what do you think I watched most of my life? Or exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was a good question. I said, "Yeah, I got them on beta. Mm, <laughs> nice. They were the stolen beta tapes." <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> nice. Got them on beta. Stolen oh, beta. That's taste. sweet. That's awesome. Um, All right. So what's on your list? So the, then, so the next thing on my list is the Lizzo Jack Black stuff. We've touched on that here and there. That Here's episode. The thing about Lizzo. I don't know if you noticed this or not. She can't act. Oh, I, I noticed that. I don't know. If That's all I noticed about observe her. Observe that. She can't yeah. act. Yeah. She can't. Yeah. I mean, and and I saw somebody on Twitter go, "Well, if you think Lizzo can't act, but you think, uh, you know, what what's her name, Cara Dune can, then you the problem is you." And it's like, no, I I I really don't see a problem with with uh, Cara Dune's performance in that. Um, but I did have a problem with Lizzo just because she, she. And here's the thing: she came across as a very nice lady. Right. Who just can't act? The thing here's the thing. Oh, she was a puppet. Mark, Mark Hamill just explained it to me. Okay, <laughs> Mark Hamill. Thank you. Thank you. That's why it didn't click with me. I got it now. Here, here's the problem. It I think most people have with um, with Lizzo in that not just that, not just the acting, but also the whole. She has, she's been very divisive with folks because she's one of these people that say it's healthy to be overweight. Mm -hmm. And, and so she really, by the way, spoiler alert, it's not. And so she, she's really pushed this body image thing beyond what is actually healthy. And so that grinds the gears of a lot of people. And so they're predisposed then to say, we don't like her because she buys into this ideology over here. She put a really nice post out about how she used to love watching star Wars with her dad and how it was such an honor to be in this and everything. And so that causes me to give her a lot of goodwill, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's like I talked to Dave Jones, you know, we Dave Jones and I are big fans of wrestling. Several years back, a dude won the Royal Rumble who everyone hated the idea that he won the Royal Rumble. And and it was like and I heard someone say this and I and I agreed with it, so I took it as my own opinion as I often do with things. You know, they're like, what was this guy supposed to do? And they told him he was going to win the Royal Rumble. Say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want this big push. I don't want this pay raise. You know, what was she supposed to do? Say, I don't want to be in Star Wars. You know, this means something to me. You know, and so I don't begrudge her for being in it, but I begrudge her. What I begrudge is these type of cameos are the things George Lucas would have had in the background. You know, it would have been the... the in sync cameo. The in sync cameo that never actually made it to screen, but they yeah. did apparently go to Australia for it. Yeah. Um, but they but, would have been in the background. They wouldn't have been doing. They wouldn't have done like front and center. Right. Right. Or the you or know. the that was what for episode two. Yeah, for yeah. episode two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm like, this is Star hey, Wars TV, and I, I've kind of adjusted. The Star Wars TV can have these cameos. I well, I, I wasn't a big. I wasn't thrilled with it that week, but. Mm. And and maybe you know sometimes we say somebody can't act and sometimes it's directing so you, you don't know what it is because I've seen Halle Berry do great things and do terrible things. Right. Yes, depends yes. on who's directing. But but when everybody else around you's fine and you're not, it might not be the director. Well, well let's and then again, let's like, talk about the rest about that episode. That was a cool episode. Yeah, it was a procedural. It was a police procedural. Yes, right. And that's something we've not really gotten in Star Wars before, which I thought was really kind of fun. I did too. <clears throat> when have we, we gotten got it in the Clone Wars? It was a cop show. Oh, that's yeah, true. We, we did, did get it in the Clone Wars. Wars. You're true. right. You're right. You're right. Star Wars TV. Uh, that's what I'm saying. The Star Wars TV. But here's Star the... Wars TV is episodic like that. It's, right. It's got a different nature, and that's okay. But the thing is, is like the minute Jack Black shows up on screen, 
I'm not this way with Lizzo because I, I'm like Scott. I'm not as familiar with Lizzo or, or you, Shaz. I'm not familiar. But when Jack Black showed up, and he's even singing at the table when they walk in, I'm like, gosh, you're being Jack Black. You've got to at least try not to be Jack Black. Christopher Lloyd showing up to me was a little bit was a little bit too much as well. But at least he wasn't Doc Brown, you know, or yeah. or his character from Taxi. You know, he he was playing a role of, of a dejected separatist who still has dreams of what was, you know, what was meant to be under count, you know, count Dooku was a visionary Marty. And, and, and so, <laughs> but it's still a little bit too much. I mean, put them under a mask, put them under some makeup, do something differently so that they don't distract from the story. I understand that it's TV, but it's still Star Wars. Like Star Wars yeah. TV is still supposed to be Star Wars. You know. Yeah, I'm show I'm showing Garrison's uh Star Trek three uh not too long ago, part of Star Trek three, and I'm like, uh, there you go. And he's like, I don't understand. What do you mean? Which one's John Larroquette? I'm like he's the he's that one right there. He is? Yes, that's John Larroquette right there. But <laughs> you don't know it's John Larroquette because Who was he's all Klingoned up. And John Larroquette was a Klingon in Star Trek three? He's Maltz. You know, Maltz. Yes. Yeah, we just did Star Trek three for the Patreon. No. Yeah. Yes. I did not know really? this. Yeah, we did. Yeah, me and Dave. Next thing you're going to do is tell me, me Christopher Lloyd is in Star Trek three. I mean, I know this may shock you. Yeah. Sit down. Stra strap yourself in, Shaz. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd was in Star Trek three as well. Yes. Oh come on. Yeah. No. Straight no. up. No. You said you would. Yeah. You know. You know. What I'm talking. I do not deserve to live. That's John Larroquette. I didn't know that. I did not know that wow. at all. But I did know it was Christopher Steve Lloyd. Totally blew me away. Yeah. Here's, yeah, here's the weird thing is I can tell Steve knows, but I can't tell Shaz is being sarcastic or not. <laughs> no, I'm being very no, 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 no. Okay. I'm, I'm not being sarcastic about. Yeah. No, no. I'm not sarcastic about John Larroquette. Me either. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I did I not know that. I didn't know that either. Lloyd. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd's very Christopher Lloyd in that movie, even though he's a Klingon. See, I disagree. I don't. Really? That's one of the things Dave and I talked about. I'm like, I feel like he does a it's good job voice. of being a little low key, you know, with everything. He until he's like, get out of there, you know. He doesn't really necessarily overact, yeah. and and the makeup really yes. helps a lot too. Kirk, you're gonna give me Genesis? No, okie dokie. No. <laughs> you know, <sorry. laughs> It's a little too Reverend Jim sometimes, you know. Well, so you I don't can know call about a that. Cab premiere. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I also um, he kept playing Pac Man the whole time. I don't know what that was about. But then also you had in we talked about uh, him as Judge Doom in, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, and I always thought that was one of his best roles that gets kind of yes. unsung a lot. So anyway, so to me, I think those are the big things though that people have come away with just the Coruscant episode, the, the cameos. I didn't, I failed to mention the Tim Meadows cameo in one of the episodes that I thought was kind of misplaced and, and out and out of, out of place. But, um, but, and then whoa, there whoa, were, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's talk about that episode. The, that's the pirate episode with the with Tim, Tim Meadows. Yeah. That's because the space Couvoisier. Yeah. Isn't that where they, we first see the, like, the, the game room with the rebel pilots. Yes. Yeah. And Zeb's in there. That's the one with Zeb. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
And you know, here's the thing: I was working on something, but I wanted to catch up with uh, with my Mandalorian. So I'm working on my computer, and all of a sudden, I hear Zeb. I was like, "What?" And I look up, and there he is. <laughs> yeah. He's on the screen. Yeah. Yes. And he looked great. He looked fantastic. Yes. That was yeah. I thought I thought they did a fantastic job. Of that, but here was my thing: watching that, I'm like, now is that supposed to be Zeb, or is that supposed to be one of Zeb's? Species. It is. I I know, but you know, they could have done that to be, you know, like I didn't know. I was still kind of like, I don't know. And then here comes Tim Meadows, and I completely got distracted by Tim Meadows all of a sudden. (laughs) So I kept expecting him to say, Ooh, it's a lady, you know. (laughs) And I read, Let me see if I can get you some help out there. Let me see. I'm afraid I can't. And I read, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but so, but those are the things that people kind of had issues with. And then we get to the finale and, and I think, as I said, from the outset, guys, I think people wanted, uh, Thrawn to show up or they expected because this show has been marked by, by certain surprises. The very first mm-hmm. episode ever, the Mandalorian, uh, the, uh, the pram opens up and there's baby Yoda in there, you uh, know? And then, and, and, and let me tell you something. That is the greatest excuse in the world for not releasing things on a binge schedule. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they put that thing out there, they left you with it, and then just said, "See you next on week." For yeah. A week. yeah, yeah. I love this that, weekly schedule. That's how. Yeah, yeah. that's how TV's supposed to work. Now, my wife hates it, but I, <laughs> I'm like, I kind of <laughs> like it. You know, I'm like, I'm back into this. I can, I can well, dig this. The, the one thing that would make it better would be I know that they do like they do Dancing with the Stars live on the app and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think they should broadcast the shows live on the app in prime time mm-hmm. on the first night and then make it available on demand. Right. Agreed. That's a good idea. Uh, so that way you have the communal viewing experience. Yes. Yeah. And we yeah. can all tweet about it or whatever. Right. Yep. Comment yep. on it live or make fake reaction videos. Right. Oh my goodness, that's the most amazing thing ever. Well, and then and but see then the other big surprise was the end of season two when so, Luke shows up, you know. And what? reaction video. Yeah. I can't believe it. Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. Look, I hate reaction videos, but I did watch like a montage of reactions to Luke showing up and I got I got stoked every time because that was a moment in Star Wars fandom unlike any other because it's as if it a million was. it's as if a million voices suddenly cried out in excitement. It's Luke. Yes. Like it's a, it was the same two words from everybody. It, it's you Luke. ain't lying. Yeah. Those were the words uttered on the couch. Yeah. You know, when you only see the single X Wing. Because mm-hmm. I was expecting the three X Wings. There's no. one. I look over at Luke, I go. It's Luke. <laughs> you know what I started when I saw the one X-wing. I started looking. Can you see the stripes? Look for the stripes. Look at the stripes. Oh, of course you're looking for the stripes. I'm looking for the five stripes to see if it's mm-hmm. Luke. I was just watching, and I'm like, well, I wonder who showed up to help him out. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, why does that guy got a green light? Well, no, no. When they when it when everything starts to happen, it's like I didn't want to believe it. Because you saw they did such a great job of the slow reveal, you know, and it was literally it was the belt buckle that I saw. And then you see Mm -hmm. the gloved hand and then you see and I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, it's Luke. And I just sat there trying not to get emotional as I Mm -hmm. watched Luke get his Darth Vader in Rogue One moment, you know, and be Mm -hmm. the Jedi, you know, be the be the full fledged Jedi that he was. 
what was great about that too, though, was he, he does, he get, it is a Darth Vader rogue one moment, almost, almost note for note, but as they're doing it, you're going, well, they're not going to show him. Right. Because right. this is, this yeah. is what you do. You have a stand in, you cover his face, his face yeah. is covered. And then if he takes his hood off, they'll show him from the back. Right. Right. Because yeah. you know, they're not going to risk doing another CGI Leia, and, yeah. you know, there's, and then they show him and he, yeah. you know, for all the, for all the slagging of it, of the thing, it looked good. Yeah. It looked good. It, the, the weird thing is when he talked to me was kind of, yep. there was some syncing issues and that sort of thing. A little out of sync. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but that technology is only getting better and better, you know, but yeah. anyhow, so I think there was a bit of a disappointment from people when, like I say, Thrawn didn't show up or, mm. or Luke didn't show up again or something, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I have expected Boba Fett to be called in to help out. You know, Boba Fett's the one thing I really thought would be there that that wasn't. What about the big surprise that was at the end, which is which is different from the, you know, what we've seen in the other theories. Was and that the happy ending? They did not that. Not that. <laughs> you mean the yeah the fact that they actually let someone have not, a have a good. Scott, not, not the one on straight talk. For somebody who was who was getting so upset about somebody calling into your radio show about this, you wouldn't. You, sh- you just just what do you want me to say about this? You're gonna just derail the whole show. Who are you, Steve Glosson? I mean, come on. You come on to a show. You come out here. You do all of this stuff, very thoughtful, and then you derail everything well, i can't even think about what i was thinking about anymore <laughs> who are you I'm, and what are you what have you done with scott Ryphon? i'm really I, it, the, the big surprise is this that there isn't one of these big moments oh, okay all right oh, so it's the non okay. so the surprise is a non-surprise the surprise is hey wait for ahsoka in august or right, whatever it is right yeah because yeah. ahsoka's got to find thrawn she has not found him yet as of season two what we're gonna miss all that to have Thrawn there. Thrawn's last sighting was stuck in his the the Chimera with a bunch of Pergil around, and and um, Ezra is right there with him. Mm-hmm. That's where we should find him. We've seen the Pergil, and that was great in this. wasn't Wasn't that this season? Yeah, yeah, that was this season when they were in hyperspace. He saw him in shadow in the hyperspace. Yeah. The the big thing is the reason. Din Grogu is walking on sunshine is because he's Din Grogu. He is now a Mandalorian. Mm. And that's that's a big deal because because there's been a question this this entire season. Is he really going to stick with being a Mandalorian or is he going to go back and be a Jedi? And if Luke shows up, oh, he's going to be a Jedi. They didn't do any of that. They said he's a Mandalorian. That's what he is. And it led up to this really well. You look at that. It was in the second episode was in the month. No, the first episode was where he gets to the minds of Mandalore and Bo-Katan comes to, to help him. And, and she's telling second, Grogu yeah. the Jedi and the Mandalorians fought side by side. We work well together. And it's like, that's Grogu. Mm, he yeah. is what is you. He's going to help unite the galaxy. And maybe this is, oh, man, maybe this is it. Maybe we're seeing the vestiges of the empire being there with, you know, the same things are going on, the mind flayer and all the things the empire did, the re-education camps, all this stuff is still there because it's supposed to still be disjointed. This is what, you know, after the war is over, you still have to 
to finalize things and fix things. And maybe that's what we're building to. Maybe that's the story we're being told, that Grogu is going to be the answer, that he's going to be bring balance to the fo- – wait, no, that was no. Anakin. Yeah, that's yeah. – but, but – it, it's a it's a great kind of it's interesting because the Mandalorian and the Jedi also are in in the distant past enemies as well. That's the purpose yes. of a lot of the Mandalorian armor and weapons was to be able to to counteract the Jedi's powers and their weaponry and that sort of thing. Um, yep. But to have Grogu be able to bridge that gap as well as. Um, you know the empire rising, and and of course, you know Den's whole thing at the end is, you know, I I'm a bounty hunter, and we've got to get some bounties going, but I want it to be against the empire. So why don't you let me know where I can hunt some of these cells down and help you out, help out the new republic, basically, which is an interesting kind of thing because now he is a mercenary. He's the A team. He and Grogu. He and Grogu are the A team now. You know, now they just need to, he he Grogu and R five of all people. Are the eighteen, and which um, one of those is Chewie? And so, yeah. Uh, well, see, and that's the other thing. It's like I really. Which one is face? <laughs> well, he can't show his face. That's the best. That's right. Oh. That's right. Dan would be face. I don't know who'd be BA. Is but the he question. can't be face. Uh, well, he He's loves which Dan. Well, hang on. There's two Dins now. Well, I'm sorry, Din Jaren, the Mandalorian. Yes. Okay. Um, Grogu will always be Grogu. He'll always be Baby Yoda. Elaine, they may call him Grogu now, but he'll always be Baby Yoda to me. Um, Straight from the mouth of Jay Peterman. But we, you know, but what we saw also, what we've been seeing is also the, not just the rise of, of the First Order and the Empire, but what's obviously got to happen on the other side is the resistance is going to come out of all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, which if we're going toward the sequel, tri- if they're not going to do some kind of hard reboot somehow, some way, you know, we, we've got the we've got the resistance that has to come about. And, you know, and, and apparently and, and Scott, you may know this better than I or and you too, Shaz, because I didn't necessarily read all of the material leading into Force Awakens or um, the full novelization and everything. But it I, as I as I as I recall. Yeah, exactly. As I recall, like Leia had some resistance against forming the resistance. Like the resistance mm-hmm. exists because no one in the New Republic believes that the Empire has come back in the form of the First Order kind of thing. That's correct. That's correct. Both both organizations are operating sub New Republic. Right. So it it I don't know. I I like the idea of the empire trying to rise again with remnants of the, because it is a galactic like wide that. thing that took place. But, yep. you know, I, it's, it's kind of where we're headed with all of our other characters we've known and loved since childhood that, you know, knowing that all this is coming down the road and these are the events that are happening in the lead up to that. To me, it leads a little bit of a taste in my mouth and I'm like, well, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the ride. Too bad. I know where the ride winds up. I don't know where the ride lines up, ends up. I don't know. I yeah. have no idea. I, 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 yeah, I'm with you on that, Shaz. And the other thing is, what I like about it is that, as I talk about on my radio program, my award-winning radio program, every day just about, is there are a lot of people with some really awful ideas in this world, and those awful ideas have failed, and they always say, well, it's because it wasn't done right. It's because it wasn't done right. And if we just did it right... 
Oh, then, you know, it you. would succeed and be be great. And that's that's what I'm seeing out of these imperial adherents. Oh yeah, we the empire was good. It was great. Dooku was a visionary. It just wasn't done right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm interested in all of that. Right. It, yeah, but that's Battlestar Galactica. That's not Star Wars. Well, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> But it is. Yes, yes, you're correct. But it is Star Wars again, too. It is Star yeah. Wars too. When you talk about the Jedi, you know, even yeah. you see the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I I'll throw this out to you really quickly. Mark Hamill has been talking about the idea that that's not really Gideon there. That I, I'm I'm liking what what Mark's throwing down over here. By the way, that he, he what does he show up without a mustache. A mustache. <laughs> What does that like mean? It. <laughs> it means he's a clone. He hasn't had a chance to grow the mustache. Clones can't grow mus mustaches. Well, it just hasn't Not had that time. quickly. He just he came yeah. out of the water, man. He came out of the the, the juice, whatever yeah. it is. It's not pacto. It's clone juice. Um, I do like his armor, and I like I like yeah. the fact, and I don't know if it's because he was Gus on Breaking Bad. I really think it's because of how intense he was in the in the end of the first season on in, on into the second season. He really is a threatening villain. Like you really do yeah. get the sense that Gideon will, he will kill you, you know, and, and, and not bat an eye about it. Um, but you know, I've, the, I've not seen breaking bad, but I still got the same, the, the same fullness, from him. the full, yeah. the fullness of his character to me is, is, you know, not to me, but you know, the fullness of his plan was kind of laid out when finally he says, I wanted to take the best of clones and and the uh, Jedi and everyone else and have the perfect soldier. And Mandalorians. Yeah, and Mandalorians. Three, three things. And have the Clones. perfect soldier. He gave away what was going to happen in the next episode. The, you were going to have clone, Mandalorian, Jedi all together, which is basically what he admitted when he's in the face-off. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So he, yeah. and that, that he, And that's kind of been his plan all along. But then he also talked to Daddy Hux and mentioned Operation Necromancer. So there are people within these remnants of the Empire that understand that there's some kind of plan to revive the Emperor somehow. Yeah. You know, the Emperor's going to return somehow. Um, yeah, and uh, somehow. Right. And uh, and and George Mason CTU is obviously trying to make that happen, too. You probably aren't on that one, though. I don't, George Mason CTU. Yeah, George Mason CTU. You don't know George Mason CTU. I don't know that. I'm no, that's uh, uh, 24. Oh, okay. Uh, Captain Pelion is George Mason from oh, 24. Oh, okay. Which, oh. Was that in the early season? I only watched like the first or second season of 24. It was, he was in the first, I think he was in probably first three or four, maybe five seasons. He okay. might not have been the very first one, but he was at least in the second one, I think. I'll have to see him to see if I remember. George, George Mason was one of the one of the upstairs guys that was always stopping right. power from doing the yeah. things he was trying to do. Right. And, uh, and, and pulling rank on him and stuff. And then he wound up, he wound up getting infected with some disease and, and crashing a plane into something to save everybody. Of course he did. Yeah. Ended up being a it good guy. A end. Are you saying the character of Poleon is like that or the actor who no, played Poleon? No, Xander Berkeley, who Xander Berkeley, who played him is playing okay. Poleon. Xander now, Berkeley. I, I got to say, as soon as I saw him, I knew who he was. Did you really? Yes. It took me I mean, hearing the name. It's straight out of Heir to the Empire. He just looks like I imagine him. I guess mm. he's on the cover of the book, isn't he? 
I don't oh, have those. Okay, yeah, I remember this oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, I remember this guy. That's that's Peleon. That's who's playing him. Yes. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. I didn't. Well, I got to go see the close up of Peleon again. Is I mean it, that that's that's the big throng is coming when yeah. you see Peleon. Right. Right. Well, and that's that's what I like about taking Gideon off the chessboard now. You say, okay, he's he's been removed. That next wave of putting the Empire back has been removed, and now let's go to uh, this next thing, which is Thrawn. And Thrawn is an amazing tactician. If your neighbor's daughter uh, <laughs> oh, God. comes home with Here an ashtray go. that she made at school. Here we go. Then cat then Thrawn can look at the ashtray oh your neighbor's daughter. Gosh. Come on made. now. He can tell everything that you will ever do in a fight. Come on, Scott. It Come on now. No. Come on he now. Also, must know your culture. Yeah, well, that's because what I'm it saying. blends along with it. But it's not just from the one thing. He knows your culture, and then he sees the ashtray your daughter made at school, which is her and work sees of art. If you you admit with it, or or if you don't, I don't. I, I'll tell you what. I love all that the way it's written. I do. Uh, Look, that is. I loved it. That it's is Star uh, Wars, man. That is early Star Wars where the that the individual species and all had a singular culture rather than various what, cultures within a yes. species or on a planet. What I would always yes. like about that is they would always go, well, you know, the Imperials always have just humans, so they must be speciesist. Right. And then the authors would say, well, that's bad. That's discrimination and bigotry. Every Rodian's a bounty hunter. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. There's, there's they're doing the same thing, dude. Right. Yeah. Every Rodian. They didn't in the Clone Wars. We had Rodians all over the place. No, no, no. But I'm talking. This, this is was in the old. EU yeah. This stuff, is the old though. EU stuff. Yeah. yeah they made oh, every, yes, every, right. every and Trandoshan. Really it was that Clinton era sensibility and that, you know, I, I always feel like presidents kind of set the tone for the, the culture. And that's not a political statement. That's just kind of a fact. Uh, you know, they set Figure the tone ahead. for the culture. And uh, yeah. And, and that was a Clinton era thing to be kind of attuned to racial issues in that way and also blind to them in the exact same way. <laughs> so, well, and that's, you know, that, that was the Thrawn thing. And, and I, we've heard you Scott time and time again, talk about how you hate grand Admiral Thrawn as a character. You think he's stupid. Him. You hate the Timothy Zahn books. You hate those stories. I, I, no, you I know. desperately love those Zahn books, but I don't think they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a blue man who crossed the galaxy. Absolutely disagree. And he did it without playing drums and doing magic tricks. Mm. No, and you had to play drums. Oh, dun, well, dun, dun, I was thinking dun, dun, he had to do it without those other two blue men with him. Oh, oh, oh yeah. The blue well, man grew. Yeah, he yeah. has. Well, he I has. Mean, he studied art and history. Right. He has. Oh. And he has hair. Um, That's true. I, I think that you, Scott, correct me. You've what? You have not watched Rebels all the way through. I watched the f most of the first season and part of the second season Does and that mean you've uh, gotten through clone wars no 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 this is originally mm. originally so i'm in season oh, okay. five oh, okay. of clone wars right now i'm in season five all right clone wars okay so you you did you you never saw thrawn show up in rebels i knew he did but i haven't seen it seen it no yeah now the rfr guys to their credit were doing a great job of kind of making fun of he is that classic villain it's like I intended for all this to happen. You know, like every time he'd lose, like, it's fine. This is supposed to happen. It's all going to be according to plan. You know, everything's according to plan. Everything's. And finally, they upsot all of his plans. But he is a very. They really portrayed him as a very threatening villain and without all the art and stuff. Yes. So. Which one of you is playing Thrawn Aims to Kill? Still wondered what. 
There's your drums. From Luke Knowles, Wolf Factories, to the Gentleman Waste, to Heights on the Hills, to the Plains, Plains, to the Twilights, of burning their homes, fighting him for family names. And time and again, he keeps driving them back, fighting his time till he comes to an end. better than anything kiss ever put out oh please come on <laughs> don't even look at that shirt he's wearing it's in thrawn oh, aims to kill i like that man that's a good shirt i love it yeah thrawn aims i love to kill. it yeah. i love it classic <laughs> shaz bazaar right there ladies and gentlemen oh yeah but uh, look can we just talk about just a few highlights and some great things i, I mean we've been doing it but look when you have and you've mentioned it already guys stormtroopers flying up or what are what were essentially imperial commandos you know flying up to take on mandalorians and they're battling it out in the air come on can, can we also just talk oh, about the design of those stormtrooper commando things and yes. how ralph mcquarrie they are yes yes I mean, yeah. they're so just basic root ralph mcquarrie yep they look like a blend in my mind you remember that first uh well, I guess it, it had it was the holiday special special blended with the first um, Macquarie designed uh, a trailer for the Empire Strikes Back. I was having dreams about snowtroopers that were in the color scheme of these stormtroopers because yeah. it was a blend of Boba Fett and the color scheme of the, those Macquarie drawings. They look exactly like this. Yeah. So you, it's absolutely Macquarie. Feel. It brings all those vibes out. And again, just, uh, yeah, when, when they go Macquarie, I melt. <laughs> you yeah. just want to, I mean, just when they go Macquarie, I'm just like, I'm a puddle. That's it. But, I just, I'm goo at that point. But it's also a thing. It's like, even in the Clone Wars, we didn't really get to see some of this stuff. We saw like the Siege of Mandalore and we saw this stuff with Darth Maul and Mandalore, but you never. Like this live action stuff, it just to me, it's like whoever dreamed that you would see this kind of thing happening, you know. Oh yeah. All the T visors, all the jetpacks, all the laser blasts, the armor just like look Oh, her clocking people. Good night. She is awesome, yes. dude. You know, uh it, hey, you it, know, you fight with what you with the tools you have. That's and right. What you know, boy, she oh man, waylays. Well, somebody. she whacks the trans transdotion in the face. Yes, yes, oh, yes. When they God. go to it's the, yep, yeah. it's like so cartoon brutal. Yeah, it's just amazing to me. Like I, I love it when they're flying into it on that last episode. They're flying in, and Bo-Katan lights up the dark saber. You know, kind of like him leading mm -hmm. the way. And then it cuts the armor, and she's just like picking up her hammer and her pincers, like I am too. I'm ready to, you know. It's like, oh my gosh, what is? <laughs> give this woman some real weapons, and then she's like, I don't need them. No, and it's just it's so. It's cool. Viking battles, man. That's yep. what this is. It's right yep. at the Valkyries going in. In so many ways, yeah. And so, um, what about the creatures we were introduced to? You know, obviously last season there was a big crate dragon on Tatooine. This year you had the opening thing with the whole gator turtle or whatever they're calling it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They've given an official name. Um, 
I, I'm kind of, I'm like, on one hand, I love it because I love creatures in Star Wars. On the other hand, like with the gator turtle, I'm like, well, it's an alligator and a turtle mix. Do we, there's nothing really. Steve, we had a wolf and a man mixed in the original cantina scene. That I'm sorry. I, I remember or, just, a, I, I remember a, like a long snouted. Uh, no, there's a wolf man anything. mask in there. I just don't literally think just like a wolf man mask. I don't think that's right, Scott. I don't. Steve is stuck in post 97. I don't. Post oh, that's right. That's right. I, Steve, no, it really is the original. Oh, Steve, snap oh out of that's it. right. I've got you. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it's a puppet. It's a puppet, Steve. <laughs> Look at the puppet. You're right. You're Steve right. That's right. That's there is no. a puppet in that shot, actually. But, so that's probably part of the problem. But the thing about that wolf man is, Scott, is George Lucas took him out. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, ah, oh, let's get rid of the wolf man and we'll yeah. put in this oh. other guy. Yeah. Um, nah, I can he, only he, afford a wolf Clone Wars brought him back in. So yeah, they did. They did have him on the Clone Wars cartoon. They had one of the wolf species, didn't they? On the, uh-huh. on the Tartakovsky yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was like, it's doing very earthly alligator kind of things and all, but I still love big so creatures. I liked that. Yeah. The, I, I, I mean, I, I'm listen, I'm not against it. And I, I liked, you know what I especially liked? When he did the death roll. Yes. That's what I it was just like so natural. That's what I'm like, that's too alligatory. That's too earthbound <laughs> alligatory. But I did like the big birds. I like the of course the mythosaurus kind of shows up there with at the begin at, at when when uh, Bo oh, sees yeah. it and and at the end. Um the big thing, whatever it was on Mandalore, you know, that kind of destroyed their little skiff ship was like I I'm a sucker for creatures in Star Wars, guys. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We didn't get that in Andor. Like, if there'd have been some creatures in Andor, be like, okay. Wait, we we had all kinds yeah. of stuff on Endor. We yeah, had those, we had in, no, in Andor, the caravan Andor. of courage. No, 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 oh. Andor, no, the no. Andor and the sea. Andor. So, uh, so Scott, you have those those web shooting creatures in Andor. I don't remember those. The ones that shot. Yeah, yeah those guys were nets. funny. Yeah, that were keeping them from the ship. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember those. No. Oh. Oh yeah, they after were they escaped. Yeah, after they escaped from the oh, prison. Oh yeah, guys. yeah, but those weren't creatures. Those were actual, like they were, they were just aliens. They were cantina creatures. Right. No, yeah. I didn't. Really, I'm sorry, I was not drawing a distinction between creature and alien. No, sorry. yeah, I'm talking about like the bee. I should say the beast. <laughs> it was called the creature cantina. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. that's yeah. right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me call the alien cantina. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. The beast of Star Wars is what I'm referring uh, to here. Yeah. I think that's and then we had Mrs. Snaggletooth, you know, at the bar. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, there is a book called Monsters and Aliens from George Lucas. So I guess maybe that's the distinction we need to do is yeah, monsters, monsters versus monsters aliens. Monsters yeah. and aliens. But they're all creatures. That'd be that'd be a fun mm. isn't there a movie called Monsters versus Aliens? Yes. Uh, okay. I think it's there is. Yeah. All right. Movie. Well the very animated fun. movie, yeah. Well, I didn't come up with it. There's something else that's happening in new Star Wars guys that I want to I want to get so. your take on. And I'm big on the visual language of Star Wars and I've kind of had to accept that, you know. Star Wars's visual language, as I understand it, has kind of gone away. But there's a lot of these shots that are taking place either over the shoulder of a flying Mandalorian or on the wing of a ship, you know, mm-hmm. that are... The wing kind shots, of, yeah. Yeah, the GoPro shots almost, yeah. Yep. Yeah. What are you guys thinking of those? How are you, I know that's a very specific thing, but... I, I think they're very George Lucas. Uh, George Lucas gave yep. us... George Lucas gave us something that had never been given to the world before, which he often does. In Attack of the Clones, he gave us a couple of handheld, mm-hmm. totally CGI shots. Yeah, that's true. Total yeah. CGI shots that were yeah. handheld. 
And uh, so it just kind of reminded me of that kind of thing, that yep. next step. I think CGI George would have done this. Holding the, the, no, the camera? it was a handheld shot that was totally CGI. Two, we, sh- two of them. We've got to. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there's Battlestar one. Battlestar Galactica, the, the, the revamp started doing that a started lot. Started doing all the time. that, yeah. Was, and then everyone, and then Superman Man of Steel took it way out of. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, the George Lucas, yeah, there are two shots in the battle. One, it's really cool because he zooms in on a um, on a couple of uh, Republic gunships and stuff. And yeah, there's stuff that goes on. And it is. Oh, yeah, the you're gunships. Right, you're right, yeah, Scott. Remember, it's all, it's all CGI. It's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, my, but didn't Lucas do this before with the shots behind R2? Even back in 77, before going into the trench run, it's kind of like the same thing you're seeing over R2's head and looking forward. So it's like a mm-hmm. mounted camera there, too. Were there yeah. were there shots behind R2 going into the trench? Maybe there, not in the trench, but it was in I, the space battle above the... I uh, thought it was all... Star, I thought anyway. you saw out of the canopy. I remember seeing out of the canopy kind I of thought, shots. I in the Dagobah, we definitely saw... The Dagobah looking, crash was done maybe from inside thinking, the canopy. Um, yeah, the there, crash was. I, yeah, I feel like there are shots from behind R2 in the trench. I thought so. Uh, but or not that, not but not trench, that GoPro space, style. I feel, I feel strongly that they're in the trench. Maybe not, I'm wrong. But on that. not that GoPro style. No, I wish I don't have my I don't have my original theatrical yeah. versions in here with me. I need to pull those out and so I could reference them. Anyhow, I just uh, to me it's a new enough kind of shot that it's 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 Mike interesting. Mike says it's definitely in the trench run. All right. Well, hold on. Hold. Stand by. Almost there. I am. I think these are the ones with the. Oh, you're pulling out the lunchboxes. Special edition disc. This is Empire. What's happening? Why is. Why is the Empire DVD not in here? That's that's your business, Steve. It is my. Well, no, it's. There's a whole mess on this thing. A lot of cockpit shots here. But are you watching special edition or are you watching? I'm watching. I'm watching special edition. Okay. I'll grant you that. See, I'm going to bring up. There's a side view of the, R2. I think it's the same shot, like when he gets hit by Darth Vader's guns. Okay, but up. see, Remember but that's, that's those are right. side views. But that thing is, is that's from that's not on the ship. Was that from that's, the front? But when no, you I'm looking at. But when you see that, that's behind. That's all the way behind the ship, so much so that you even see the engine oh, okay. exhaust ports and everything. Yeah, the shots of R two are side shots so far. I, oh, he just no. When when he hits R two, it's a re, it's a reverse shot. But it's it's really more to show R two. It's not really for the speed perspective. Right? They didn't. Yeah. I mean, there was no way you could have done that in the seventies. What they're doing with these GoPro type shots on this thing? Yeah. Not with the models and stuff they were using, and the and the way they were doing things. Yeah, um, and the size camera you had to have then, yeah. Right. So that that's I got you. Anyway, that's that's what I, that's one of the things I've noticed. My wife wanted me to ask you all this, and because I love my wife, I have to ask her. There's a moment in in the fight scene between Mando and the Praetorian Guard people, where he catches mm-hmm. the whip, the laser whip, and hangs mm-hmm. on. And she's like, "How did he hold that in his hand?" Is her question. Beskar. Yeah, that's what that's, I said, but she said he didn't yeah. have Beskar in, inside the glove. And I'm like, just let us let it be Beskar for crying out loud. You know, we have established that you can make chainmail out of Beskar. Right. Yeah. Beskar. So he may have like a little chain. <laughs> that's just the only answer. He may have a little chainmail Beskar <laughs> underneath that glove of his. Maybe. Why maybe not, he man? Keeps, Did you yeah. see 
how much Beskar he got in that ice cream cooler yeah. maker. Yeah, I sure did. That's a lot of Beskar. Guys, I got it. Hey, speaking of the ice cream cooler, you know, I, you guys have both been to Celebration. Tono. Did you guys see when you guys were at Celebration? Did you ever run across the running of the Wilrow Hoods? Yes, okay. many times. Um, we were at a toy show the other week here up in North Georgia. It used to be Joe Lanta, now it's Toy Lanta. And there was a group of people, bless their heart, who tried to do a running of the Wilrow Hoods. And um, there was only about five or six of them. And it was kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's not a good one. It was kind of sad. I felt bad for them. I'm like, guys, y'all got to get hey. where there's. A few dozen. You work with you work with what you got. Yeah, but it wasn't the time or place. It was one of those things. It's like no one got the joke. I'm like, this isn't a Star Wars specific thing. This is more GI Joe leaning. So I felt bad for them. So they needed the running of the Cobra Commanders. They, that's exactly yes. The, the uh, running of the Tomaxes. The the running of the command. The running of the hooded Cobra Command. Yeah, Tomax, the running Zaymots. Tomax and yeah. Zaymots. Yeah, the, the Zaymots running. are running backwards. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So hit <laughs> one and another one will fall down. Um, <laughs> Can we do GI Joe now? Oh man, are you kidding me? Yeah, let's do it. Now, Scott, you've been into some GI. Anything else about Mandalorian this season, guys? I feel like I know we've left out a whole lot. I'm sure we've, we have. we've left um, out a lot, but I, yeah, I, you, you know, Grogu the thing that, relate, go ahead. Grogu l- relates to creatures, right? He can feel the purgles while they're going through. Mm-hmm. hyperspace could he feel them or did he, he just feels, see them mm, there there was that little reach there it's kind of like the ezra bridger sorry I don't scott know. you haven't really gotten into all this i think he's maybe, got some maybe connection he was, with creatures when he was reaching maybe he was trying to eat them he could be <laughs> he that's his connection about with them. it's his stomach yeah. <laughs> but but he knows mythosaurs down there and everybody's like oh boba fett's gonna ride the mythosaur because he he rode uh the Rancor? The, the, the Rancor. And, and, and Mandalorian's going to ride the Mythosaur. Uh-uh. Then Grogu's going to ride that Mythosaur. I don't know. And it's going to be the coolest thing ever. I don't what know. Sh- what should have happened is when uh, Grogu said his name was Grogu, Din Grogu, and then what should have happened is he looks over his shoulder and it fades in. The mythosaur is fades in an image of him smiling in front of the sunset, and I think it would have been <laughs> so stupid. Could he bury some lightsabers in that yes, water? Too, the ladies, the what's time? your name? Yeah, he well he he would have buried his little sigil or whatever it is in there, and um, I just think it would have been really sweet for that to have happened that way. Y'all are so stupid. <laughs> I'm trying to have a serious. <laughs> conversation here i just want to see the myth or smile i mean he's got a beautiful teeth <laughs> beautiful he pretty mouth he got a pretty mouth yeah no i i told him get out of here all right i actually i'm actually at the scene where where grogu is i'm actually at the scene where grogu has been named the den grogu Mm-hmm. And she's telling him, you got to leave Mandalore and go your journeys and, you know, basically take him on as your apprentice and everything. So he's going to be a journeyman apprentice. That's right. Everything is this is the way. And Grogu's looking in the water and he points. And mm-hmm. I just assume he's looking at his own reflection there. No. But then, because no, because the fade isn't down through the surface of the water. It just kind of fades into 
under the water. Under the sea. I just listen. I think you got to be careful about reading too much into Star Wars things. Mythosaurus smiling up at him, and then he and then you must read something into some things. Yeah, but whenever we do that, we end up thinking. How fortunate was he? No, that's not. That's not what he said. He said, "Powerful Jedi." It's reading into it. It's reading into it. Hey, Mike B has sent a screen cap. Okay, Mike B has sent a screen cap, and it's from behind. It's from behind R two on the X wing, but that's not the same kind of. um, Okay, that's what I was thinking you were talking about. That no, that's not the same kind of shot I'm talking about. You'll see from like the you're talking about on the front of it. It seems like it's on the front or just over to the side. You know, it's on the wing. It literally is like a a a GoPro kind of shot. Like, okay, and we saw some of this in the Force Awakens with some X wing shots and stuff, where you actually are at the side of the X wing, you know, going through wherever Mm. or headed to wherever they're headed, that sort of thing. So, I'm not. Uh, that that's a little bit different than what I'm talking about because that is obviously a, a set piece. Hey, what about R five? Yeah, Skippy the Jedi droid. Skippy if, the Jedi yes. droid. Yes, it pretty much is. Yeah, they pretty much have, have made that a thing now. I don't, and that's another thing it's I don't almost know. Canon. And again, I know it's nitpicky, and that's all I'm talking here now are kind of the nitpicks, the small little moments here and there. I'm I'm torn on how I feel about using R five. You don't really want five D four. Um, yeah, it is. It is him. It's just really ultra convenient to yeah. me. Like it's it's one of those things that kind of make the galaxy Tatooine's, super small. It, Tatooine's a kind of a small town feel, though. But don't you? I, I know you got Moss Eisley and everything, but it's a yeah. small town feel. But don't look, you? And don't you also have to? Don't you have to attribute some of this to the Force? Yes, I don't. That's know. how the Force works, Scott. I mean, yeah. I don't know. The That's force is the putting force everything works. into play. Let's talk about the floor of the the flow of the force. I mean, you got you got the the droid. This is how it works. Yeah, he's you know he he when he could be going off with Luke, but R two needs to. All of a sudden, he doesn't work anymore. He breaks down. You're telling me that this droid with a bad motivator, the Jawas wouldn't scrap for parts and sell off his parts. Uh, what if they rebuilt him? Or maybe you know, they just sell they him and they say, "Hey, need the motivator." Well, yeah. it it seems to me like that's what what lady at the thing did. That she's the one that rebuilt him. And uh, Pelly. Yeah, Pelly. That's her name. And 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 yeah, let me also just say, she fluffs everything she's talking about. Yeah. Oh, he's brave. He served in the rebellion. None of that's true. She's yeah. just trying to sell something. Let me also just say R five versus the mouse droids. I mean, you can't for that reason alone. I think you need to have R five on the show. Well, in that moment, they were trying to make him too. They were trying to make him too much R two. Well, he is. He's he's a cousin of R two. He wishes he was R two, and he he feels brave because Din Djarin needs him to be. His rockets still work. Unlike some R2s I know. That's okay, true. Okay, let's talk about this. His rockets work. He gets down there, and then he creeps over to the edge, and he's scared. It's like, you just came down a big, deep hole, man. <laughs> I mean, droid. What are you scared also, of? Just turn your rockets back Also, on. why didn't you land on the right side? Yeah, just... <laughs> there, are, there are some neat helmets um, that are in that, in that thing. I've actually I've just kind of let it roll on this last one. Now is that IG eighty eight's head they got? Do we just is that what that is then? It's no, it's, it's an IG eleven's head. 
All right. So IG-88 still out there somewhere? I like to think so. I mean, nobody else dies. Well, IG-88, um, he might have made his met his demise on, on the around Tatooine somewhere. He's he's not wherever those in the sh- in the shadows of the Empire days. Isn't that right? I, I didn't didn't Boba defeat him as he was coming off the planet? Yeah, but I don't know that he killed him, did he? I, you know, that they've redone all that stuff in the time. new continuity, and I can't remember if IG-88 sure. perished or not. He's not in the Bounty Hunter book right now, I don't think so. That's uh, a shame. They may have killed him again, but I, again, nobody ever dies in Star Wars, and he's a droid. Yeah, I really liked in that first episode of the season when he's in, when he and IG-11 are teaming up to take out all those Nictos, um, that he... I, I just love the way he fought, and of course, that was like your moment of Boba Fett and IG-88 together, you know. And I thought yeah. that was I thought that was as cool as the show would ever get. And then he opened the pram, mm-hmm. and there was Baby Yoda. Um, yes. But uh, but I'd love to see an an actual IG eighty eight show up and be like, no, we're not playing these games anymore. You know. And, <laughs> and, and what if we get okay to see that. that on some bounty hunting missions that we are looking forward to in I'd, season I'd, four? I think it'd be great. That I'd love to cool. see it. Yeah. 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 And Zuckus and four L O M. Yep. If we're going to do bounty hunter stuff, I just want him to bring balance into it. And That's all oh, I want. What and is he? Episode uh, 17? Is that what he what? was from? The original issue series? 17? Yeah. He's in 16. 17 is the Skyhopper 16. issue. You got it. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's in 16, and then he's in 27 and 29. Mm. Wow, see, I asked the right guy. Yeah. 27 is <laughs> the return of, of balance, and then 29 is the one where they. They fight over the uh, acid water, the lake of acid. And then episode nine was balance of the force in my canon. Mm. You can do that. Episode seven was an absent master. I mean, let's follow, let's Mm. follow stuff with our titles, people. You've got an article, an adjective, and a noun. A new hope, the Phantom Menace, and absent master. Why? Why would we call it? The, I don't understand. I don't understand. Hey, listen. If we're going to go down that road, we have to be honest and say neither did they. But we don't. I didn't. I didn't well, want this to become a bash of the sequel trilogy. I, I didn't like the Force Awakens name until I listened to that twenty-four hour audio book on the what is it? Secrets of Star Wars. Um. And and there is so much of that kind of language in so many of George's early notes on the Force mm-hmm. that I was sure. like, okay, I get it. It works for me. Yeah, I'm good. That would be a great, but but you get the action verb in um, the second of the trilogy every time. Mm. Attack well, of the Clones. There also should be back. Well, so that's I mean, that's where it should go. There also should just be I like some the kind of, There should be some kind of a not just an action verb, but a, a really 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 fun cheese ball action verb yes absolutely um and we didn't I mean, get that i have no problem with the force awakening that's not a problem it's just the title mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well yeah listen i had i had deeper problems than the titles once we get into it hey elisa <laughs> leah says how about grogu's use of ig12 and this whole thing or ig11 the whole oh no, no the, no, the no, he, he no. had the no 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 yes yes no, yes but he also yes. driving him around i thought was pretty cool like Awesome. I love awesome. it. The only thing that was missing was I wanted to see those legs spin like they did with IG-11 yeah. in that first time we saw him. <laughs> give him I wanted time. to see that move. Right. You know, and the thing is, Steve Sansweet always uses that word toyetic. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. And, yep. and I was telling my wife tonight, I said, there will be an IG-11 with Grogu in it action figure. Oh, there will yeah. have to be. At Black Series especially will do that, and it'll be 50 uh, Black bucks. Black Series, Smack Series. I want a retro. Oh, a retro, he'd have to be molded in there. Like he couldn't be removable. No, I don't know. I don't know. We can cut that one up, man. We can make I'm it work. I'm going back to Ollie's and see if they got the IG-11 in there, and I can make that. But you could cut, you know, put a little you know who could. in there and do it. You know who genuinely could, Steve Glosson? Who's that, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. He genuinely could, and he and he hates it when I bring him up on podcasts. Right, because you're so, talking bad about him. That's so you right. just did just to make so him mad. I of him. Right. Um, but he is absolutely brilliant at that stuff. Um, it's kind of like... <laughs> Oh, great, man. That's right. Well, there you go. You were doing so well. You were doing so well. It's it's like you've got. Talk talk nice about the guy and then tear him down. Well, that's, you know, if if I didn't say something ugly about him, he wouldn't listen to the podcast. It's like you've got. It's like you've got insult Ryan Tourette's or something. Yeah. (laughs) You can't help but do it. You can't help but do it. Tourette and Probot playset. Yeah, no, no. Mm. Uh, but no, he could do it. I mean, the stuff he does and has done is, I mean, it's, I'll just say this, it's better than that reaction figure stuff that's out there. Hold on. Some yeah. of that reaction stuff's really good. It's, the torsos about, are too long. You're talking about the Super 7 reaction stuff? Is that yeah. who does that? Yeah. The, the problem with those is they're so expensive. They are, yeah. yeah they can they, be twenty bucks some, each, that kind of thing. They did some really nice ones with the dark crystal. Mm, I never they I really good. saw this. They've done some with transformers and everything as well. I um, yeah. I, I totally don't understand. I don't get the concept of non-transforming transformers. Uh, you and a lot of people, and I'm kind. Of, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of the same way, even though none of my transformers are displayed in vehicle mode. Uh, so, so you know, what you gonna yeah. do? But, you know, they also have five POA G.I. Joes, and I don't get that either. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand that. I guess it's because they couldn't get a license to do, you know, there's those licenses are so specific you get from places. Mm. And Hasbro, if they're going to license something out, obviously want a license and such. I'm Garrison Rifen. Uh, There he is, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. (laughs) Had to sneak his way onto Uh, the thing somehow. Um, Oh. I can bring one of the dogs to the set, and and now I get a <laughs> cameo appearance. That's right. I'm, My name is Jack Black. I'm Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Boy. Yeah. So overall, you know, this season, I I didn't have a problem with it. I think that, I think that we've got to, when it comes to Star Wars TV, accept that some seasons are just going to move a story along and not necessarily be about the big reveals or the major moments and happenings. You know, we've, we've set forth what is for these shows and for these characters. And now we're moving forward in their progression and what they're becoming. I am the only issue that I've consistently had with this is Grogu. Let's not forget Grogu's over 50 years old. Mm -hmm. He should be able to speak and communicate. I don't like this. No, 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 Yoda I don't like this idea that to speak well yet. I don't like this idea that this species apparently matures faster because Yoda would not have been training Jedi for eight hundred years if he was fifty years old and still a toddler. 
Oh, wait a minute. He trained him for 800. He was 900 something. So he's got, you know, Grogu's got another 50 years or so until he can become, you know, an experienced adult. That's he'll be okay. You better start speeding up that stuff. Be uh, all right. You know, here's the thing. Speaking, we equate speaking with one of the early aspects of a being. Maybe speech comes later because he's he's quite adept at the force. He understands everything. Mm-hmm. He knows it's the words yes those, and no. And he understands everything didn't say it. I mean, mm-hmm. look, if you're a Mandalorian, you need to know where you are. You need to be able to read a map. Go get Bo-Katan. He goes and gets her. He does. He he points out to R5, this is where I want to go, and R5 takes him there. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. He, he's understanding everything that's going on. He's just not vocalizing it. So maybe there's it's just a, an issue with, with the species of three-toed, three-fingered guys who are paranoid of seagulls i mean that's just that's just who they they are they also showed a great progression in his ability to use the force when he stops the whole fire thing and instead of passing out he just kind of he sits down yeah i noticed that waiting for him to pass out yeah he's he's, he's growing he got tired but he didn't pass out like he usually does right yeah yeah so he's he's obviously gotten stronger in that aspect are we going to see him in some armor are we going to see Grogu in armor? armor? Are you not seeing we it? We keep getting closer. I, I mean, yeah, like... You can see it just underneath there. I mean, like, helmet and gauntlets and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm like hoping. Mandalorian armor. Right, yeah. Oh, I want him I want him totally decked out. All right, so so let me ask you this. Does it have ear slots, or does it have molded ears? I've wondered the same thing. I think you got to have ear slots, don't you? Okay. Well, I don't know. It depends Kinda on if like, you want to protect um, your ears. Who was who was that? Sacy uh, Ten was that who it was in the Clone Wars? And his helmet had a place for his horns to come out. Yep, 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 yep. That was cool. Um, the uh, the the thing is, is I can't see Grogu like walking around in the helmet. I can't see him giving himself to the way of always being in a helmet. Like he he's got too, he's too spirited for all that. If you ask me, I don't think he gets there for a while. If he if he sticks with it, I don't think he, he, I could see it happening eventually, but it, it won't be for a while. He's going to talk first. Well, he has to, doesn't he? Are we are we headed toward the deaths of all these characters? I mean, they have to die at some point, but then again, nobody does. Well, I guess what I'm asking though is, are we Had headed? Are do we have to get them out Had of the way? Do, do we have to get them out of the way for? For the rise of the first order, for the events of the sequel trilogy, who says trilogy? that's going to happen? Just wait on Ahsoka, man. It's all over. You, you, so you think they're going to use the world between worlds? And Scott, I need you to see the rebels and understand all this stuff. So, world between worlds is in that trailer, man. It is. It's all over the You're background. Right. It is. It is. So, Anything real realtor happen. Angie says he's too ha- he's he's too cute to always be in a helmet. <laughs> molded plastic chairs molded to your well-fed behinds so that's from the chat that's mike b brought that up superman uh, 3 there's a there's another thing you know when we're talking praise about the season there's one thing that i do want to talk about yeah um which is that and this is a topic that i cover garrison and i have a lot of, garrison and i should do a podcast together with some of the conversations we have we have great great conversations about character and story and we've been talking a lot about spider-man 
And I know, Steve, you don't really care much about Spider-Man, but... Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what are you saying? <laughs> but, and, and so, Steve, I think you'll get this because you get Spider-Man. And I think, I think you and I get Spider-Man a lot of the same ways. Spider-Man goes through a lot. And Spider-Man is, to a lot of people, a loser. Spider-Man loses a lot. Peter Parker loses a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of that, sometimes he, he has to have a big win. Right. He deserves a big win. And sometimes you right. just have to let him have a big win and, and just give him a moment of joy. You have to. You cannot beat up on Peter Parker all the time. Uh. And and at the end of this episode, it's kind of how I felt about the Mandalorian. It's kind of how I felt about Din Djarin. Right. He got. He, we have been beaten up on him, and he's been beaten up, and he has lost and lost and lost. Even when he wins, he often loses, and he needed just to have a win. Yeah. And we needed him to have a win. Yeah, a happy. Yeah, a happy ending. It. Yeah, he got his happy ending. I, I'm not going to say anything about that. So, I, well, listen. That's because you guys are doing something that's way off the 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 board here of what this show is. But you weren't there, Steve. Great. You really weren't. I'm there. glad I wasn't. But my this point is, I'm glad. You, I wish I wasn't. I think Scott wishes he wasn't. But, I do wish I had. Well, Scott, there. listen. He really had a hard time. Who came on right after that, Scott? I don't remember. This isn't. This isn't Was the it you. No, I think it was a public official. <laughs> oh no, no, it was. Uh, oh well, I'm. No, hey, listen. No, it was Aaron. It was Aaron Real. If it was a public official, a, if it was a public no. official, then I'm. No, I'm, no, it was Rick Townsend. No, it was Representative Rick yes. Townsend. You're right. It was yes, Representative Townsend. Was. Then I'm definitely. See, I, I, I'm totally listening. You, you were yeah, half right. listening to your own show. Then I. <laughs> hey, if it Sorry, was, Scott. if it was an, if it was an elected official, then I'm not listening during that hour because I just, I'm totally. Hate what they're doing and don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> so you did hear that one? Then. Oh, I did. Yeah, that whisper <laughs> guy, whisper man. And the funny thing about that one was that I said I give you three quarters. Uh, I thank you. What I say, like give you three quarters of thanks or something like that. That's right. Yeah. And he sent me an email. He's like, "What does that mean? Did you were you trying to?" Uh, and he had some weird explanation for it. I was like, "No, because the show is four hours and you only praise three of them." So I was thanking yeah. you for three quarters of it. Now, Scott, what is your favorite website? Because Tenton says Yoda's species age slowly in their first 50 years, according to Scott's favorite website. So he might progress quickly here after or here shortly. Um, Super Shadow. Yeah. I was going to say National Review has a big piece on Yoda this week. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Maybe you're talking about, are you talking about Wikipedia? I don't know. I don't know. That's, I don't, that's for a long Tenton time, says. they had me blocked on Twitter, so I, I wouldn't oh, nice. call him my favorite website Sweet. Well, I'm sure he's being a little bit sarcastic. But here's the thing. No one knows anything about Yoda's species. You can say whatever right. you want to say about Yoda's species. Well, let me tell you about Yoda's species. Please do. Um, they're green. They're when they're born, when they they're born, they hatch, and then there's they have a twin egg, and that egg stays out in space. And when they live their lives, and when they die, the other egg hatches, and the purple-winged twin creature comes out whose name is the same thing backwards as the species is forward. A, a doy. Yes. Yes. What? Are and you... You don't know all this? Where is this from? It's in Star Blaster magazine. What they is... the entire plot of Revenge of the Jedi in it. 
What is Star Blaster Magazine? Star Blaster Magazine. The magazine tells you what's going to happen in all the next movies. And ladies and gentlemen, this is here's here is where my impersonations of Scott Rifen come. It's in Star Blaster Magazine. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> Star Blaster Magazine. They tell you what happens to Revision Day. Luke goes back and sees Yoda, and Yoda dies. And when Yoda dies, the egg hatches, and Adoy comes out, the winged purple lizard guy who's Yoda's twin, and he leads the rebellion to a planet of carbon-frozen prisoners, among them Solo, and they free all the carbon-frozen prisoners and overthrow, overthrow the Empire. That sounds... It's in Star Blaster! That... Wait a second. Was this, like, in 82? Yeah! I remember hearing this story. Yes! That sounds like some sequel trilogy nonsense right there. <laughs> That is ridiculous. Scott's going to his shelf, ladies and gentlemen. He's walking over. He's looking for it. He's looking to find the Star Blaster magazine. Scott's still recovering from 420 yesterday. God bless his heart. That's hilarious. <laughs> so Star Blaster was the 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 website. The I don't know. I can't. I don't want to call out any website. Nice. Star Blaster. Is Super Shadow a website that just posts lies and stuff? Is that why you guys keep bringing yeah, it? Super, yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy that was like, George Lucas is my best friend, and he's here's what he told me is going to be in episode one. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, years ago, I got an email to the Geek Out Loud email address, geekoutonline at gmail.com. And the person was, was telling me... Was it cease and desist? No. It was, someone, <laughs> it was someone who had leaked, quote-unquote, leaked a bunch of stuff to ain't it cool news back in the day about mm -hmm. attack of the clones. And they posted it all as being fact, like he even linked me to the article. So they were just posting whatever kind of information they could get faults or otherwise. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's how this stuff goes. So Scott's looking through trying to find, uh, what we've got here. He took, oh, off yeah, well, the problem is that they spend most of the columns like, Summarizing the first two films. Why do you have to summarize the first two films? Everyone had seen them at that point. That's true. Back but they in, just back the reason the is because they had to fill the book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they had to get their pages in. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could remember who it was that sent that to me about the ain't it cool stuff. But man, those were the Wild West days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark wants to know, did they name the species? They never have named Yoda's species. Mm -mm. Did Star Blaster oh, no, magazine? Star oh, I'm sorry. Did Star no, no, they did not. They just mentioned that, that uh, Adoy was... This is actually not the right issue. There's two issues of Star Blaster. Adoy. Adoy. He's just backwards. Adoy. <laughs> Sounds like what people used to say when they'd be like, Duh, Adoy. 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 Adua. Adua. Huh? Huh? <laughs> So wait, wait if, if so if 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 this one's backwards, are you telling me the purple ones speak in normal? Yeah, he's language? he's yeah he's saying, come on, rebels, follow me. <laughs> what I love, so if Yoda could only be understandable, everything would have changed. What I love is this purple thing hatches in space and immediately leads the rebel. Like they're all like, yeah, let's follow this weird purple thing. To <laughs> like like what? A, <laughs> that's the story. Like. It's like no one's like, what is this thing? They're all like, yeah, let's follow it. That's that'll be cool. Star yes. Blaster magazine. 
Well done, Star Blaster. You fooled a young Scott Riven. He totally believed you back in the day. I did not. You did, Scott. That's why you remember this. I never believed that stuff. That, that was other guys on the playground, not me. No, Scott totally believed it. That's why he remembers it so vividly. You know, you're just making me want to hate you more. No, what are you talking about, man? We love one another. <laughs> I want you to I hate do. me. I do love you, Blossom. I need you. I need everyone me. to remember that um that the chat voted out some of the best TV music ever in the world. Hey. Hey. Now, there, there were some issues I had with, with the first half of that anyway. You want me to tell you what's gonna happen what? in Indy three? Yes. Yes. What's gonna happen short in Indy three? Let's Who? Short round's gonna be back in Indy three? In Indy three, yes. Nice. I also have a uh, and as a matter of fact, he's going to get an Oscar for his role in Indy three in well, let's not 2023. Go crazy. The other issue of Star Blaster also has uh the synopsis of what's gonna happen in uh, Raiders two, the return of Indiana Jones. Oh nice. Yes. You call him uh, Dr. Jones, lady. And doll. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that one's good because there's like a giant ceiling fan that comes down and tries to chop him up. It's oh, really, really good. That's yeah. Highlander 2. That's oh. Highlander 2. Totally I, different movie. Yeah. Oh, there was a there was a fan in Highlander 2 that was going to chop their heads off, wasn't it? Oh, really? It well, chopped off Sean Connery's head. He died again. Again. Gosh, I haven't seen Highlander 2 in so long. That's okay. You can skip that one. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think you can skip. I think you three can, makes much more sense. I think you can skip every Highlander after that first one. The first one was so good. It is a great movie. Oh, so good! It is a great movie. So Mark Hamill I mean, you, says you got Savage Press in it. I mean, you just can't beat it. Mark Hamill says so. I'm supposed to believe that it takes more than 50 years for Grogu to get past infancy, but this purple space lizard hatches and is good to go. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. because they're backwards. That's right. It's like the Benjamin Button it's of like Yoda species. It's like Mirth. Yeah. Yeah. What is Mirth? That's Mork and Mindy's son. Oh, yeah. Yes. Jonathan, Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that episode of Mork and Mindy where he shrunk down and, like, basically went into a subatomic world. No. Yeah, there was. he no. kept getting shorter and shorter. It really Hold freaked on. me out. Yeah. Hold but, on. That's time to pull out. Abby's video collection. She has all of Mork and Mindy. Yeah, man. It was a two-parter because as he disappeared, it was Mork in Wonderland. I do remember him getting smaller, but I don't remember him, you know, going subatomic. Yeah, he, did he Did he meet up with Ant-Man and the Wasp? No, no, no. When Mork takes an earthling cold capsule, shrinks his nasal membranes as well as him altogether, he's made of mostly membrane. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the end, yeah, he shrinks down into these clothes and just ears. Yeah. Yeah. Mork is shrunk. Yeah. So let me see how the, that first episode ends. Um, As he goes, Mindy sees him gone from the table and notices the spaghetti strand and starts to call for him anxiously. At the same time, Mork runs for her help as the mouse who lives inside the So he's there's a mouse hole. Um, wow. And he disappears before her eyes, and she starts crying. That was part one of Mork in Wonder, Mork in Wonderland. And then in part two, I forget how it all ended because I was just really freaked out. 
by the whole thing. What is Scott doing now? I don't know. That was the season premiere of season one was Mork in Wonderland. Part one. Season premiere of season one? Of season two. Yeah, I was going to say, that didn't sound right. No. And then in in part two, um, (laughs) he shrunk to microscopic size. He finds himself in a bizarre parallel universe on a world called Mirth. Populated, really? yeah, populated by more extreme counterparts of his friends and celebrities. Mork finds he is the almost that he is almost grounded and sensible here, with humor outlawed and all electrical power controlled by Exodor's evil counterpart, King Exodon, Exodor. a paranoid and tyrannical monarch. Mork is drawn into the fight to overthrow him by Mindy's forthright and feisty counterpart, Mandy, who leads the resistance. I remember this now. I think it was a dream sequence. Uh, let's see. Because Exodor? I mean, come on. Isn't he from Venus? I don't know. Uh, he, he may have claimed to be from. Yeah. That's, that's He's like a point. street preacher. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember, the, I remember, I, I can remember the setting of it. It's very dark there. So, all right. Yes. Mork. Has, he starts growing again, apparently. Back on Earth, it's nighttime, and this is the end of episode two of Mork, Mork in Wonderland. It's nighttime, and Mindy, dressed in black, is in tears, grieving over Mork as she packs his personal belongings in boxes. After taking his spacesuit out of the closet, she's startled by movement and hearing Mork's voice from the tablecloth on her table. Dropping the spacesuit, she's shocked as the tablecloth surges upward and Mork bursts through it. Mindy cries out his name and breaks down crying with disbelief and relief. After they hug each other, she tells him he's been gone for three days and she was sure he was dead before, uh, before breaking down and crying again. Half laughing, half crying, he tells her he was in a parallel universe and everyone was there, including her, but she died. Not understanding what he's talking about, she tells him it doesn't matter and all that matters is that he's back. Lifting her into his arms, they laugh and cry at the same time before Mork then tells her he knows it's selfish and that no one lives forever, but he hopes he dies before she does because he couldn't bear to lose her twice, Aww. causing her to fall into his arms again. Oh, yep. Nanu, Nanu. Wow, that's heavy duty. That's crazy, man. That's Mork and Mindy. And I love Mork and Mindy. I do not remember that. Yeah, that's one of the ones I, I remember I, most I'm vividly. Yeah, I remember that most vividly because it kind of freaked me out. Back in the day. Well, I, I didn't remember the shrinking part, but the rest of the things you described, I, I remember that entire place. Yeah, he shrunk. Because you were like imprisoned if you did anything funny. Hey, did y'all, did y'all think those pirate fighters on the Mandalorian look like Buck Rogers ships from... Yes. Yeah, okay. That <laughs> little Buck Very Rogers nice. vibe to them. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Which is Macquarie. Yeah, Which that's is Macquarie. true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. I keep waiting for Battlestar Galactica to show up through the galaxy. Like, we're just looking for Earth. Nope. Yeah, they should. Hey, they don't, know what's good for them. Don't mind us. We're just looking for Earth. And then... They won't have the they won't have the Battlestar on there. They'll just have the flying bikes. And then Star... <laughs> yes, yes. And then oh, Starbuck and, and, and Bo-Katan come face to face. And let me, let me just say, having oh. rewatched that whole show... Starbuck and Bo-Katan coming face to face. Oh uh, yeah, having yeah. having just rewatched that whole show in preparation for when the day comes that we can finally do the second season of Colonial Movers. 
Um, oh, oh. <sighs> for those I, I of also, you, for those of you uh, wondering what Colonial Movers is, it's also called by its proper name, Battle Pod Galacticast. Go back to the beginning of the program, <laughs> and <laughs> and if you missed that whole discussion, Mandalorian nineteen eighty. Listen, I need Mandalorian. Well, you know what? Count Dooku kind of drove a, a a bike like that in in Attack of the Clones. He had a little bike that he was on. Indeed, he but, did. Yeah, he did, and it didn't but show the, the same didn't exact. Come down. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's With the so wheel bad. Still spinning. They even there's even a scene where two California Highway Patrol guys uh, try to stop them. No, really, they go. What do we do about this? And they're like, "Oh, that's those other guys." And they literally yeah. directly reference Ponch and John. And I'm going, "Oh Ponch, no!" Yeah. Also, oh, but uh, it's not Ponch and John. Well, no, 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 it's, no. but they're they're. Definitely pushing you in that direction. Nice. Yes. Well, that's like on the on the A team that time a uh, uh, Cylon walks by face. Yes, yeah. I love that. Oh, it's a great moment. I love that. Yes. But this is not that. Speaking, it's of- even it's even cool when uh, in Thor, he bumps into the reporter named Clark. If you remember that. No. Oh, it's a Walt Simonson Thor moment. I don't remember that. When did he bump yeah. into a reporter named Clark? Oh, I was during the Simonson run. Oh, you mean in the comics? I was thinking movies. Yeah. Here. Oh, no no, 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 no. I don't. I don't remember that from the Simonson run, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, the, Clark, you know, like Clark and Lois. Yeah, uh, Mar- he bumps into him. Marvel and DC would do stuff like that back and forth every now and again. In fact, in the pages yeah. of Kingdom Come, Alex Ross, when there's the big um, breakout of the of the super prison. In the background, you can see various Marvel characters in very tiny form. Yeah. Um, it's well, this is it's this is during the uh, he's the he's what Thurl Thurl Skarnsgård whatever, but he's but he's the construction worker, right, right. And he's got glasses on, and he comes out of the room and he bumps into this guy mm-hmm. with you know another guy with glasses, and he helps him up. You know, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a klutz," blah blah blah. And then the guy he's, he looks at him, he's like, "Oh," and there's Thor with with glasses on, and he's looking at him, going, "You know, he kind of looks like." No, I can't be. Because <laughs> right. Thor's wearing glasses. Right, exactly. You can't recognize him. Nice. Point, so. I love it when they do stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um Alyssa Leah says Dirk Benedict meets Katie Sackoff. No, I'm referring to the Katie Sackoff Starbuck meeting. No, I Bo-Katan. so much like that she brings up Dirk I know, Benedict I I appreciate that. I realized what I was hoping. Yeah, <laughs> I realized that I crossed I crossed up to a different version of Battlestar than what we were talking about. So I like the, I like the crossing of the streams. Yes, I I got it, Steve. Thank got you. It. Thank but you. I love that somebody else would go immediately to, to Face Man. Well, yeah, because Face Man is is the coolest. He's the best Starbucks. You know, he had a T-shirt on. Now, did West you guys? Hey, Nola, and it was I don't, Starbucks I don't, coffee, and it was his coffee. I don't mean. <laughs> I don't mean to go down the. Uh, the path of um of colonial movers but now have you guys watched the battlestar reboot from back in 2004 or whenever it was how much of it the miniseries and the series how much of it counts as having watched it have you watched any of it i guess i should say i watched the miniseries and i watched like the first episode i watched the 33 minute episode which one was that that the very first episode I, i don't know it enough to tell you all those things 
Oh, okay. Well, I watched the first one or two episodes, and I was I, I had a problem with the miniseries. I had a big problem with the miniseries. First off, I have a problem with a lot of. I, I got a lot of problem with you people. Yes, here we go. Um, in the in the miniseries, well, it, let me just let me go back to why I don't really care for the Simpsons or Roseanne. <laughs> since we're doing all this, um, wait, what? <laughs> I, well, Scott, no one derailed you there, but yourself, you have no one to blame. No, I, here's, here's my thing. In the late eighties, they started Simpsons and Roseanne about the same time. And both of them, people would say the same thing about, them. Oh, I like them. You know, unlike the Cosby's they're like a real family because they're dysfunctional. Mm. And that always drove me nuts because I'd go, what my family, I don't, I, I, we don't hate each other like these guys do. I hate it when families all hate each other. It's not good to me. I like families to like each other. They're families. And uh, in the original Battlestar Galactica, you see a committed family who love each other, who occasionally have some mild conflict with each other, but they're mostly, they unite and, you know, face a, a crisis from without, not from within. Uh, and then the new Galactica, oh, they just all hate each other. Oh, these so guys. Opera. Yeah, they all hate each other. They don't like each other. They don't trust each other. That's not a family to me. It's not that family, especially. And then the other big thing was Adama in the original series, Adama is a man of deep, deep, deep faith. We go on this journey to Earth because he is fulfilling what he believes is is you know the end road of his faith. And mm-hmm. I like that and I appreciate that. And in the new one, he's like, uh, hey, we could maybe we could go to Earth. And the president's like, oh, you know that's all crap. And he's like, yes, but we got to do it to keep everybody together. And I, I'm yep. just... I don't like the cheapening of family dynamics, and I don't like the cheapening of his faith. There's my beef. I love the lore that's all behind it. I, I mean, that's it's it's like Star Wars. You've yeah. got the lore, you've got the archetypes, and that's what it is. And and Battlestar Galactica, unlike most other things that tried to copy Star Wars, got that point. Let's yeah. build a mythos on this and follow along with it. And to yes. the the goal is to excel. To do better, yes, but Scott to be the archetype. But Scott, in in the uh, in 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 the new one, they play all along the Watchtower. Yeah, I don't like Jimi Hendrix either. Well, it's not Jimi Hendrix. Oh, okay. Was... Now you've gone too far, and that's Cream, I think, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, all Cream's around White the Room. Watchtower is Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, White yeah. Room. Uh, didn't Bob Dylan write? Well, you don't write, like didn't, traffic? Didn't Dylan no. write all along the Watchtower? Yeah, he did write it. Yes. Yeah. No, they have a whole deal. Made it. They have a whole, the whole thing. And look, spoiler alerts for the new Battlestar Galactica. I'm not a fan of it either because it's that same. I'm like you, Scott. It, it takes everything that should be a little bit more bringing people together and everyone's torn apart by it. And there's, it's all the conflict and everything, but it's, and it's science fiction, but I watched it because I'd watch a lot of crap for this show. And, um, It's the Oprah Winfrey of of Battlestar, and, uh, and you get to be a side. That's and you right. Get to be a side. That's real. Did you watch you it? Did you watch it, Shaz? Have you seen it? I, I, I watched enough. Yeah, there's there's a I, moment. I, I don't know if I've watched it all or not. It gets really weird. There's a moment because the whole thing is there may be people who are Cylons among them, like because the Cylons have learned how to take on human form, you know that sort of thing and be undetectable. Yeah, like, isn't that Boomer? Yeah, and others. And Isn't so, Boomer the one that's like there's multiple boomers. Yes. Yeah. Now is Boomer the Grace Grace Park? 
Boomer. Yeah. 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 Boom, oh, that's a shame. She's she's so cute. Boomer was the name of the dog on Independence Day. Um, named the dog Boomer. We named the dog Boomer. Um, welcome to I Earth. Like Boomer. In in the original. Welcome to Earth. Was What's his name? Yes, Herb Jefferson Jr. Herb, uh, Jefferson, Herb Jefferson Jr. Moving on up. Anyway. Um, Speaking of Herb Jefferson Jr. and Glenn Larson Productions, how about this? He's in like the pilot episode of Knight Rider. Who that? Herb Jefferson is? Yes. I ain't knew that. He gets shot. Oh, wow. Hmm. But he's also in Galactica 1980. Long ago. I was like, Boomer. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, if I could finish up, there comes a moment... <laughs> The whole thing is, is some of these this is silent. Show now, some this is. I'm, look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain. Um, How dare you interrupt me, Steve? <laughs> look at me. I'm the captain now. Um, the 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 thing is, is these Cylons. Some of them don't know that they're Cylons. So all these different people start hearing this noise coming from the wall, and and they're like, "What is that? What is that? What is that?" And it's music. And they're and it's driving them crazy. And there's this one scene well, where, where they go around and they start knocking shaving a haircut on the kind of everything. Yeah, it's kind of shaving a haircut. And, and the Cylons jump out, and go two bits. Right, yeah, so like two okay. bits. Yeah, it's all but <laughs> two bits. By your command. Um, and Bye they uh, and so they there's a whole scene where they're all like in different places, and one of them says there must be some way out of here. And then someone says, I've got to have some relief, you know, that kind of thing. And they're doing the lyrics to all along the watchtower, but bear McCreary, oh, yeah. bear McCreary does a whole all along the watchtower thing. And it becomes this theme that flows through. And the whole idea is everything repeats itself. This has all happened before. And so how do they know all along the watchtower? Because it's something that has, it's ancient. It's even more ancient than them. In fact, when they get to earth, they're in Earth prehistory. They're in Earth before humans came. They, they, they're basically the humans that make humans on Earth. It seemed like to me, and so it flashed. So the whole whoa, 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 hold on, hold, hold, hold. Yeah, are you serious? All this is in that first, in 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 that show. They yeah, this, get to Earth? this is the whole. Yeah, they get to Earth in that show. Yeah, at the end. And the Cylons create the humans. No, the humans. I think there may be proto humans there or something. I forget how it goes, but anyhow, once you get on down. At the end of the show, it flashes forward to modern day and all along the watchtowers playing on the radio. Like the whole idea is there's still something out there. Don't, don't, I guess. I don't know. Maybe someone else can. Why would all I think along I the watchtower at some point in that show that they that they found an old Cylon helmet. Somewhere along the journey, didn't they? How do purple space lizards know the green negatwin dies and they need to lead the Jedi? <laughs> How do they know? What goes? Is it the force? I guess the force. Yeah, you know. Is it the? Is a lot it, of force didn't we going see on? This Nega Yoda before? No, they don't show. No, they don't show it. They is, just tell you about. Is it, it. the He's purple it, and wing? Is it the force ghost of Yoda now in going into this egg and coming out as like a butterfly? No, it's a twin. This is how their this is how their species operates. Is they have the twin that stays in orbit while the other guy lives on the planet, and then when he dies. Then that's the signal in the, in the force for the egg to hatch and for Adoy to come out. That sounds so stupid. Adoy and Yoda. Tintin, yeah. hey, look, Tintin what has what a need is to have them merge together, and they will be the balance of the force, and its name would be 
kayak. Tim says the basic story plot of the new Battlestar is the history repeats itself after each reset. There's a yeah. I'm sorry. Did you just make a palindrome joke? I got so caught up in the chat. That's okay. Did you say that one That's of their okay. names Let is? It go. You said Let one it of the no. You said one of their names is kayak. No, its name would be kayak if it was going to bring balance to the force. <laughs> That's oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> And he fl- and he flies around. Snow, in, let it snow. He flies around in a uh, in a ship called race car. Yes, that's right. So, well, there you go, guys. Listen, that is that's all we can do at this point. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been three hours, so we got We got to wrap her up. Scott, thank you so it's much, man. Three hours since we started this. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um. Thank you for inviting me, Steve. I'm sure I'll be invited back again real soon. You have an open invitation. We've established this. So Yeah. Wait till I put that one to the test. <laughs> I like being on the Deuce cast where I, they send me an invitation and I take them up on it and they kick me out after like seven seconds. How about how about they how about I've ruined my chances with them because I guess my Deucey's stuff that I did for them. They don't want me on there anymore. So I guess you dropped the doozy. I get, mm, all right. Any Anything you need to plug or let people know about before we go away? I'm afraid to at this point. Great. Good deal. <laughs> Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. We need to do this more often. We got some Hulk we need to be watching, man. We got uh, Hulk. I got some Battlestar Galactic uh, 80. Wow. Um, you're, you're a man that's in demand. coming. Time is coming. You're, you're a man that's in demand. So thank you both, guys. Appreciate you both. And uh, we thank will you, um, we'll catch you all on, on the flip side. Until then, geekoutonline at gmail.com is the email. We've got cartoon-themed brackets coming up. We're going to do April Madness or May Madness or something. I don't know. Return of the Jedi next month, fellas. 40th anniversary. So Next week. Next week. Well, I mean, they're releasing it, it next week. Right, next week. But I'm talking about we're going to get together for the 40th oh, anniversary yeah. of Return. Oh, oh, yeah. You should have kept that information till then. What? The Adoyan mess. Oh, well, I can Oh, I can bring it all up. Adoyan Cadillac or whatever we said his name was. <laughs> kayak. Kayak. Kayak, yeah. When kayak brings balance to the force. <laughs> In case you haven't done your word for today, That's, there's a hint. <laughs> Is that five letters? Sure is. All right. Um, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to help us, uh, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Uh, there's some issues with people getting the Discord link. Email me if you need that. If you're on Patreon, we'd love to have our Patreon supporters have access to the Geek Out Loud Discord. And it's been pretty fun. We're getting it rolling over there. And uh, we appreciate everyone being a part of that. Um, for Scott, for Shaz, I'm Steve Glosson, and we will see you around the Goliverse. Have a good one, everybody. Rats live on no evil star. Won't lovers revolt now? Race fast, safe car. Pause the sap, Mark is as selfless as I am. May a moody baby do a yam. And see what happens here. Now, now it's all silence while we wait on Scott. Do you remember oh, Superman I, I peanut like butter? This Superman picture back behind there, man. What's that? Over your shoulder, up on the wall. Oh yeah, on the top of Luke Skywalker.
Yeah, that's, that's Superman and Super Grover. That's Christopher Reeve and Super Grover. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, oh, let's that see that what happens here. All right. No, if he calls, it's going to start a whole other problem. It shouldn't. Scott Rifen, are you with us? There he is in this glowy room. Uh, Scott? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Okay. Congratulations. Let me make sure, me make sure my, my settings are cool. right. Cause I've done Geek Out Loud a couple of times where my settings weren't right, and I didn't know it. I got to I gotta tell you, Scott, it sounds like you're coming in through the onboard mic rather than the actual that's, microphone that's in your face. What I'm that's why I'm checking yeah. the settings. Yeah, so welcome to the show while you're Scott doing this. Scott is on the grid, and I'm not. What this we, is the worst thing ever. What we may have to do here is do some editing when this all comes out in post. Um, <laughs> 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 and edit this whole part out. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I like that you laugh. I edited, I heavily edited... Um, That's only a hot tub. There we go. There, yeah, that's much better, Scott. Yes. Much better. Yes, yes, yes. All right. 